The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. All right, we are recording. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> we started, guys. What are we doing? We're running it. This is the 2022 FOH draft, the, the annual social suplex Christmas show with One Nation Radio and keeping it strong style. Jeremy Dobbin here with the young boy, Josh Smith, with, with Rich Latta and James Boyd. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A tradition like 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 any other like Survivor Series. Yeah. This is the only Christmas tradition I actually <laughs> have. Like, like no Survivor Series this year was War Games. Yeah, <laughs> culturalist, swaggerless. Yeah, WCW one. No, this is the only like Christmas tradition I have going in my life consistently over this length of time. <laughs> I don't know whether to like say that's that's really cool or if I should like feel bad for you. Both. Should you Both? hug, should yeah. you hug this man? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't think I've ever hugged Josh. And I don't, I don't mean it. It's like it just never came up. Where we, like I just think, like you know, we've, we've, we've been cool. We dap each other up, whatever else. But like a hug, like nah, I don't think this ever happened. Not, not there's anything wrong with hugging your friends. I've hugged Rich before. I think I've hugged Jerry before. Bro, I don't I'll think I, I don't think I've ever hugged any of you guys. <laughs> not, not a hugger. Man, we gonna have to change that uh, by, by tonight. So, so somebody gonna hug oh my somebody. God. God damn it. <laughs> If you guys uh, cannot tell, we are uh, off the feeling. We're so imbibing. I, so, uh, you know, FOH is a, is a very special show every year. We usually have uh, a lot of drinks and we shoot on the business. Uh, so I guess we should tell everybody, you know, like we do every year, what we're drinking. Well, um, like last year, I got the, the Angry Orchard, the, the hard cider. That's what, see, that's I couldn't remember. Uh, uh, you said the orange beers. I was like, this yeah, I was like some cider. kind of fruity joint. Jeremy, like, uh, I'm, a, I'm, fruity a, joint. I'm on the third one right now. Yes, sir. All right, just trying to be funny. Like you say, like nah, man. It say it's fruity. Like no, nah, it's a beer. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, not. Like, it's not a beer though. It's a cider. I don't want. Okay, sure. You win. I'm not getting into technicalities. So what's a what's an ale or none of that or a pilsner? I'm not getting into it. I don't care. Fine. Okay, um, and I am this year. I went ahead and I decided to uh, infuse my vodka with Sour Patch Kids, and I was gonna title them the Strong Spirits, but they're anything but strong. They literally yeah, doing a science experiment over here. Yeah, yes. alchemist up in this bitch, amateur alchemist. <laughs> 
<laughs> but um, when you mix it with Sprite, it doesn't. It tastes like soda. You can't taste the vodka. I'm on my third drink, and like it's pretty remarkable. Lots of calories. Bad, not good for you. What about you, James? Oh, uh, if you guys listened or watched the YouTube clip of when me and Rich did the like emergency episode when uh, Vince McMahon uh, was forced into retirement. I, I uh, opened up a bottle of um, sparkling Moscato, and uh, it was so nice I decided to do it twice. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I'm on. So um, I, I I think I have the most eclectic kind of um, palette of drinks over the years. So or the years I've done the clear, uh, done the brown, uh, done the white claws, which was I don't recommend, recommend to anybody. <laughs> But this year we are doing the Vintners Red, and when I tell you that shit is for real, that shit is for real. Um, it is a wine out of uh, Saint Augustine. It's like a Floridian like kind of wine, and uh, it is red and it is sweet and it is on point. This man brought the Benny Hanna cup. Yeah, I had to had to had to you know display the class. You know? <laughs> But, um, one of these days we're gonna get this on like actual tape so people can see. It's gonna be hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One day we'll we'll do a video. Yeah. But, um, if you're new to this, um, hopefully you paid for this because this is behind a paywall now. So yeah. hopefully you're not a freeloader. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, no, but we appreciate the support. If you're listening to this uh, right now, if you're new to this, how it works. Draft format. We'll go around the table. Uh, you know, each of us will think we'll do two rounds. I think is what we did before. Yeah, yeah I think normal. And then yeah. we usually do like a rapid we fire, do like a lightning round. Yeah, and so. then we're we're throwing around at the end. Like last year, we did gratitude. This year, we might throw around conspiracy theories at the end. <laughs> wild speculation. Wild spe- just speculate wildly. <laughs> no, but I'm just playing. But we before, usually before we, we get started, we usually do though. say like something like at the end where we're like grateful for things at the end of the year. Yeah. Before we get started, I want to give a special shout out to our host um, that is hosting the FOH draft for us this year. Our boy Zach Porter is hosting at the Oldsmar Chocolate Square. Let's go. Let's go. Zach is the man. Cheers. Yes, sir. Uh, I think I Zach, we we might draft uh, Noah, and you can come here and tell us (laughs) what happened. Nozawa. Oh my god. Fuck you, Nozawa. I'm one full bottle in. I think I'm going to uh, get my second one popping. But before we do that, while you guys do that, so James, it is I I I will leave you with the responsibility of dishing out this. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you very much, sir. We have we have a surprise. Oh my man. No one told me that we were giving out gifts here, so I did not come prepared. That that's perfectly fine. We were, this is what we wanted. Speaking speaking of the mic. Yeah, you guys got to speak in the mic. Oh yeah, this is perfectly fine. This is what we wanted. Okay. So um, now now that we're here, um, for 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 a little while now, um, we have for 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 years now we have known Josh. Um, and I feel like you know some of the, some of the things that uh, that me and Rich say have, have rubbed off on Josh, and Josh <laughs> will then uh, repeat some of these things. And oh like, my he, god, he, I know where this is he going. Means it in a, and he means well meaning, and it's always funny. And um, this is fucked up. Quite, quite, recently, <laughs> quite recently, someone has gotten themselves over again a new way, a very talented wrestler, a wrestler oh we all care about very god. much, in a much similar way. 
And um, Josh, we would just like to present you with a T-shirt for your birthday. Or not for your birthday, for Christmas. So here you go. Will you mind opening it and telling us? Listen, um, I, I, I haven't even opened it up, and I know it's a Sami Zayn shirt. <laughs> so, so there we go. I would like you to open it all the way up so you recognize you exactly up, what it is. Over the screen. All right. <laughs> yes. So. I'm oh like I'm gosh. like equal parts would, honored would and like equal to, would parts. Would you like to tell Would you like to tell the podcast listeners uh, what the shirt is? Yes, it's a Sami Zayn honorary Oos shirt. Yes, and um, for my dog. But but <laughs> I want you to open the shirt back up. I want you to look at the tags on this, sir. Yes. <laughs> This man did not get any of my money. Oh, it's a, a, a gilded. <laughs> yes, because Josh has a Josh has. He showed up last year with that fake ass best in the world shirt. This, this is not a real shirt. Yes, yes, yes. So, so for those listening, jo- Josh, oh when when he heard oh CM Punk was coming God. back, he wanted he badly wanted the old CM Punk WWE the white you know uh, you know a tape fist best in the world T shirt from like 2011. Um, I kind of want to burn that so shit now. What Josh, so Josh, Josh being him, he we went online and found him a bootleg, and I and I was you know very very disappointed in him, and he 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 didn't understand why I was just like nah man you can't be out here at his age wearing uh inauthentic that's the way I'll say it and um wearing the poo boo can't be doing that the 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 polo association none of that the boofoo and um so what we decided to do was make it a double joke. We, uh, Josh Rich suggested that uh, we get him a bootleg honorary U shirt, and I was like, I'm pretty sure you can get it on Etsy, and, and we did it. So. Thank, thank you guys. I will wear it. Oh, uh, we know you'll wear it. I love Sami Zayn, and um, I'm okay. That Sami Zayn is you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I find that offensive. It is your essence. I find that offensive. Okay, and I won't go into it because I'm too drunk, and I'll probably say something offensive, and I'm trying not to do anything like that, but. Uh, Thank you guys for the shirt and uh, the thought, I guess. <laughs> it could have said honorary something else. No, 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 no. no. I have, I, look, I, look, there's one thing James Bond will not do. It will not be getting a white man honorary nigga shirt. That's not happening. No, no, sorry, Bob. Never. Not never. No. no. Let it be known. I have never lobbied for anything like that. <laughs> Well, oh my God! I, I came prepared with gifts for 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 all us podcasters here. I'm sure uh, we all have you know distractions while we uh, record the podcast. So go ahead and uh, reach in the bag, pick one out, and then pass it. Oh, okay. Oh, 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 oh we're doing it. <laughs> nope. Just keep going. All right. This well, James picked out a piece of paper. That, all right. He got some sort of weird envelope thing. I'm gonna. Pick one out myself. And here you go, Jeremy. All right. Reach Merry it. Christmas, guys. Reach it, reach it in the gimmick here. All right. Do we all open it at the same time? Y'all can all open it. One, two, three. three. All right. Recording. Oh, okay. All, all right. Nice. Yes. Do not disturb. So you can throw that up. You know, um, nice recording in progress. Please do not disturb. That nice. is. See, now the problem. With, see, the problem with this with someone like me is like I am the person. That like goes to a hotel. Uh, the problem with, for uh, for someone like me is I'm the person that will go to a hotel and for an entire stay, and like I will leave the do not disturb sign on the whole thing for days and, and leave that shit on when I, even while I'm gone. I don't want no one in my room. I, I'm pretty clean to myself, so like you can handle that shit. Like once I'm done or whatever else, I don't want you rifling or have the potential to even rifle through my things. So like. 
something like this, like it would just stay on forever. So, so, so I don't, I don't know if my attitude should be enough for people, uh, for anyone that, that's around my, my, uh, where I record to be like, hey, uh, don't mess with him while he's recording, or actually leave this up and leave it on forever, dude. Fo- I don't know. Folks are gonna figure out real quick that you're not actually recording. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, but this part, right? It's, it's double sided. So, the recording in progress. On the other side, it says, "Please do not disturb." Right, right. So, like, but it also says at the bottom of that one too. I can, I can, I can get a black magic marker. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can just, I can keep, I can just erase all so, that so, so and you, just say, "Please do not, please do not disturb." So, you just have two settings. One is "Please do not disturb," and the other one is "Recording in progress." Actually, which means no. Actually, really actually, don't actually no. Me. It would just be one setting. It would be "Please," it'd be set on "Please do not disturb," and, just, and like never, ne- no, like no. Leave me alone forever. Yeah, man. Forever. Like, look, man. I know. I know. I know. Some of y'all don't oh actually listen to uh, One Nation Radio on like full on like um one one speed. But like, if y'all do like, sometimes I do like, I'll be listening back and I'll be like, I can hear like in the bathroom next uh, next door, like uh, um the next room over, like my little cousin um that lives with me, like just getting out the shower, and I'm just like, oh god damn it. <laughs> and I like and like constant like I'm constantly like trying to mute the mic and then like wait till or when the toilet flushes I'm trying to like mute the mic until it passes by and then Rich be like James what are your thoughts fuck <laughs> right so like, so uh, yeah this is going on blah 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 and then mute again and have to and deal with that for like you know a five or t- or fifteen minute span over so yeah like definitely thank you well I will just say before we jump into everything uh, although all of us here are good friends I've known Rich and James now for this is. The tenth year I've known you guys. So. Yeah, pretty much. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I met you guys at like wow, yeah. 2012 SummerSlam, pretty much. Wow, I, I yeah. believe so. Um, good times and um, decade. Yeah, oh, a, a decade, bro. <laughs> a decade. So glad to be recording with you guys. And yes, glad, sir. Glad to get some some shit the fuck out of here right now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. I, so, I guess we should. Um. So so normally we you know would give out the number one pick and then they would you know display or whatever. Uh, you know they they would draft you know whatever they want, but this year there's so much of a clear number one. He it is almost like a CM Punk. Bring no. no. <laughs> <laughs> so, Vince uh, man, of course, y'all know what happened. So, we figured it would almost be a waste of a draft pick for the person who got to pick number one. So, Vince man uh, is going to have to just bring his ass to the stage, and then we will, you know, we will get the draft underway with Josh with the number one selection this year. I've never had the number one draft pick, so it's a lot of pressure, it feels like. Now, a couple, like a week or so ago, I had mentioned, like, Vincent Man is like the Shaquille O'Neal, LeBron James, Victor Wimbanyama, Hakeem, Kareem type of draft pick where it's like, I am willing to like give up the swap draft picks in future drafts to get the number one pick to be able to present him. And like it was that overwhelming and we all like agreed. It was like, all right, fine. And like every and I guess uh, they came to the decision uh today is like, hey, well, let's let's just some we'll all just talk about Vince and then like we'll start drafting there and I, I guess that's appropriate because look I was willing to trade that draft capital <laughs> I, I really I, I really was so 2021 shout out to uh, Jeremy's wife Jen um, last year if you guys check out the FOA's draft uh, 2021 make sure you guys go ahead and uh, drop a donation for that um, <laughs> the she had suggested why don't you guys just draft Vince and then it'll be over and then this year <laughs> it has come to fruition Jen with the vision. <laughs> Nostradamus in this bitch. 
ahead. ahead. Always ahead. Rubbing off on her, Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Mystic Man, the overall number one selection. Yes. This one, man. Where, go ahead. Kick it off, Jeremy. Oh, man. I don't even know where to begin. So uh, so let, let, let's start with this. Vince McMahon, you are a fucking rapist. Come out here, you <laughs> fucking rapist. <laughs> and even if you're not a fucking rapist, oh you God. are a sex pest of the highest order. <laughs> Look, that man is a danger to tan salons. That man is a danger. <laughs> dangerous. Yeah, that man is dangerous to women. Peligro, peligro. <laughs> That man is dangerous to women wrestlers. Bro, fuck Vince McMahon, bro. We've been saying it for like a long time, but like literally fuck this dude, bro. It's just so crazy, you know, with the whole, you know, Wall Street Journal and just like the week after week, story after story. Uh, you know, just recently we had the, the Nine Lives of Vince documentary on Vice and you know, people are learning about Mel Phillips and all, you know, all this crazy stuff that Vince is doing. And you know the crazy thing is, is if that man showed up on Monday and no chance hit, you're gonna hear. Oh my god! Motherfucker's gonna be bowing down. Thank you, Vince. Bro, you know, bowing down to this man. They would cry on the air. I was just about to say that they would cut this. They would cut to some <laughs> fan, some some fucking dope. Sitting uh, at, at ringside or somewhere like in the, in the, on the floor with tears in their eyes that that their daddy is back with a tear yes. in my and, eye. And like the CM Punk fan, you know. <laughs> yes. Crying, reaching out, bro. We saw it from the wrestling media. We saw it from the wrestlers on a timeline. We saw it from the fans. These people that are wishing that Vince would come back and it like what was the big deal and just having no concept of the fact that he was coercing women into sex for years um, and basically running WWE like you can it, it makes you re-question all the pushes that have ever happened for women right. in this promotion yep. bro we don't even know every the full like gamut of what he actually and, did and then, all we know is some of the things that have been uncovered this past year and there still seems to be things being uncovered as time goes on the way they rolled out that fucking resignation as a retirement and then stephanie mcmahon's in the ring with, with her ridiculous uh shit of leading a thank you vince chant and just all this stuff like Horrible, bro. Like, there's been so many scandals over the years. Whether it's the Mel Phillips stuff, whether it's the Ring Boy scandal, mm-hmm. whether it was the uh, Jimmy Snuka murder cover-ups, whether it was the steroid trial, the death of Owen Hart, the death of Owen Hart. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. But like, the fact that like this is what it took to finally get this guy out of here is kind of embarrassing. <laughs> the fact that every single media outlet that was non or, you know, that was wrestling related was basically like sucking this dude off, talking about how he handling him with kid gloves. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for taking wrestling out of the smoky bars and bringing it into the stadiums. And it's like, dude, you guys don't even know this guy fucking ruined the wrestling industry. Bro, uh, quite honestly, bro, like it was like some of the most embarrassing behavior that I've ever like watched the wrestling media engage in. Like a lot of people from, 
respected publications that were coming out here and showing their whole entire fucking ass for Vince McMahon for some weird nostalgia that they have, this warm feeling that they they feel like they had from this quote-unquote grandfatherly figure that they just can't somehow find a way to condemn. Like... I was watching that uh that Nine Lives of Vincent Man and some some dude named Brian Solomon got on there talking about you Is know I don't Solomon think monster isn't that the same no guy? no no, no. Oh, my bad. okay so shout to him but um Brian Solomon came out here and was like you know I don't think Vincent Man's an evil guy what the fuck do you mean by this bro. <laughs> <laughs> How about we ask Rita Charlson if he's an evil person? How about right. we ask Martha Hart if this is an evil, uh, an evil person? Ask like, any of the women that have worked for WWE if this guy is an evil person. Right. Ask his son-in-law and daughter if they think he's an evil person. I bet you they'll tell you the truth. <laughs> Come on, man. Like, go, go, go ahead, James. It, it, it's so weird that that he is gone, and it's also weird that like that story has came back. That he wants back in, and then like immediately the story next story you hear is like, oh, the, no one wants him back at all, which is like uh, not shocking at all. Now that like you know people thought he was never going to leave, and now that he's gone, and like they don't want him back, and like that goes to tell you like what people really thought of him. Now that like their jobs aren't in jeopardy, and um, I mean obviously the track the track record of stuff we actually do know about is so long, and it speaks for itself. It's stuff you've already uh, chronicled here. Um, I just think that, um, I just think that like he's gone and like, it's a, it's a reason for optimism and joy. And even if like triple H isn't like knocking exactly knocking out the park in WWE right now, his shows and stuff, or whatever are still, still better than Vince's right now. And the funny thing is, you know, he's built WWE to be this machine and, you know, he wants it. So WWE is a draw and keep going who, regardless who the top star is. He's built up so much. It's going without him. Like, yeah, Vince left. St- That's a good point. Stock prices gone up. Like, house shows are still are doing good now. Like, everything is fine. Ratings are fine. Like, everything is like no difference. Like, there's no difference at all. And Vince is gone. He built his machine, and now it's going without him. <laughs> right, right. And then and, and, and talk about he got some bad advice. Not as good advice. I thought you wanted the stock prices to go up, right? Like, stock prices up, and like you're the number one stakes holder. You're winning. Don't come back. <laughs> Stay your ass away. You know, this guy stood by and watched for decades as every single top guy that he brought in, every single talent that he used and utilized and abused for decades decades was dying young and didn't do shit about it until the u.s government basically fucking came in and made him do something about it this is someone who is like who is evil and who is an opportunist and who basically like uses people for his benefit and doesn't give a fuck about them and pretends to be their father figure and everybody is like but the worst part is they fucking believe him they They don't realize it's a fucking work they believe it they believe it and this is this goes from like you know your joe Smo wrestler all the way up to somebody who i love and respect like bret hart at the end of the day he's looking for vince mcmahon's validation still to this day yeah he can forgive vince but he can't forgive bill goldberg Unbelievable, Brett. Come on, man. Who actually shows remorse and he's talking about the WWE Hall of Fame like it's a real fucking institution. (laughs) This shit doesn't fucking exist. I I think a lot of that comes down to like uh, you know, you think of like uh like in sports, you think of like a like a player coach relationship and like the coach is there to say all sorts of ridiculous wild Vile things at times to you to motivate you to push you to be better than you actually can. And like, it's one of those real relationships where it's like, 
you think about some of the isolated incidents as far as like, is that something that like, you know, if we, unless, you know, there was a weird power dynamic difference, like would I ever take this from this person? No. Uh, but then like you see this person and uh, you know, like years after it's over and like you have actually have like this weird, like sense of like fondness for this person. Uh, and I think that's what that is. Um, so like, I, you know, I, so like, you're right. It's a complete mind fuck. And like, when I think of like some of the, some of like my coaches, like in sports from football through basketball, I think of some of the stuff they had me do. I, and I, and I see them. It's the same thing. It's like, it's a mind fuck. Totally. It's a total mind fuck. Mm. Yeah, man. Um, just like seeing how many millions of dollars he was doing. Like he was like, obviously there was a legal element of this thing that is fucking ridiculous that like he was a detriment to the company that way. We know how long he's been a creative detriment to the company. And then apparently he's a fucking sexual deviant as well. Like get him all the way to fuck out of here. This guy, but the thing is we, we found out that he's a super sexual deviant. Yeah. We already knew it. This guy paid more to literally like, force women to like give up sex than he did for all of the wrestling industry that he paid for over all these decades and then cover it up and then paid to cover it up and then had to pay the same amount to cover it up as he did to literally do the uh the investigation into it which also is really fishy and doesn't make a lot of sense he cost the company hundreds of millions of dollars and then now just days ago was saying I think I made a mistake. This shit's going to blow over. I want to come back. And, and the and sad part is, he's fucking right. Go, go ahead, Jeremy. The crazy thing is, you bring that up, Josh. He's, he's spending all this money to, to have sex with women and cover it up. Meanwhile, we get years and years of budget cuts. There's always Black Friday. We have, we have to get rid of folks. Sorry, Swerve. You know, we, we got to cut budget. Sorry, Jonah. We need to cut budget. It's like, we got to cut all these great wrestlers. Why? Because I need to save some money so I can get some sex. That's why. Unbelievable. Bro, fuck him. And also, like, fuck all these, like, you know, fans and media members that will, like, literally stand idly by and just love the dude no matter what the fuck he does, whether it's good or bad in kayfabe. And then also in the real world, they turn a blind eye to it. And it's like, it's been in front of our face for all this time. And, like, smart wrestling fans have been saying for a long time, this dude is a fucking, like, evil individual. And people are like, oh, no, he's he's saved the wrestling industry. Hey, we wouldn't be here. Vince is Vince. He gave me all my WrestleMania memories. Yeah, like, created all these moments. Like, Man, fuck the moments, bro. Yeah. Like, 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 man, all all four of us here have been watching WWE since we were little. It's, right. pro- it's probably the, the the premier like promotion we watched throughout yeah. our lifetime. Like, I don't care. Right. Like, like we said, yeah. we, we found other things. We found other interests. Like, pro wrestling is going on without Vince McMahon. Like, you you can appreciate your childhood memories without lifting up Vince McMahon. You, you know who my favorite wrestler was when I was like. Between the ages of one to five, Hulk Hogan. Do you think I love Hulk Hogan today? No, I don't fucking love Hulk Hogan. Right. He's a fucking raging racist, and I don't love Vince McMahon for giving me the WWF in nineteen ninety. Yeah, fuck him. Yeah, it's like okay, like I'll watch a Marvel movie, I'll watch a Pixar movie. Like, am I? Do I like? Do, am I going to like feel fondly about Walt Disney? Yeah, fuck exactly. No. <laughs> fuck him, bro. <laughs> Not sympathize. Are you out of your mind? Yeah, I, I said it on the podcast. The, the breaking news audio we did. But Vince McMahon is not your father. Wrestlers twerking on the timeline. Vince McMahon is not your father. Wrestling media members. Vince McMahon is not your father. Unless your name is Shane or Stephanie. Vince McMahon is not your father. Stop acting like it. He's barely their father, too. (laughs) And here's the thing, right? 
And here's the thing, right? With all these in, with all these NDAs and all the sexual misconduct or whatever else, we don't know if those are the only two people that actually are his kids. Oh, <laughs> I think that's a great place to leave it. So, Vince McMahon, get, get the, the fuck, fuck out of here. Woo! All right. A um, lot of pressure. Josh, what you going to do? So, the, the yeah. order is going to be Josh, then me, Rich. We know who you are, Rich. <laughs> Then James, then Jeremy. <laughs> so we're we're crossing over like an eight. All right, guys. Much. So it's my turn first. Me, Josh. <laughs> no, but um, you know, I'm not used to going first. I know. Look I know, at this. We're breaking new ground. I know what I should draft, but I'm not gonna draft it because I'm gonna let that go to you guys. I prefer y'all. I'm gonna go with my heart. I'm gonna talk about something that actually been bugging the fuck out of me this Uh-oh. year. So. Dax Harwood, get your fucking what? ass to the stage! A surprise! Dax, bro, I did not imagine Dax Harwood would be the number one pick. Say bro, yes. bro, this year, bro, bro, I did not. He needs to get his ass to the stage because you know what? Oh my god! Fuck you, bro! You have been on the timeline. Literally twerking for Cornette, literally trying to lobby yourself to be the fucking wrestler of the year <laughs> and the tag team wrestler of the year. Mm. Not understanding how PWI works, by the way, but like that shit is a fucking like kayfabe prize and you don't even understand the time frame that it works. Sitting here talking about how they're lying. Like, bro, you came in number two and you were only like triple champions for 90 days out of the timeline. If that. If that. You, you, you fucking were talking about how you carried New Japan on your back. You worked four fucking matches for the company, bro. How you carry a company on your back when you only worked four times. No, no, no. Here's a better one. How many of them were actually big shows? A, a, a couple, a couple, like but two. It doesn't matter. You know, two thousand seats. You know, you know, complaining about other people get booked favorably in AEW because they're friends with the boss and they go drink with the boss. Well, you, you sit here and you talk about how you're this big historian and you understand how the wrestling industry works. Why don't you invite Tony Khan out for a fucking drink, you fucking Mark? <laughs> And then you're sitting here, like, lobbying for a dude like Cornette with all the problems revolving around that dude. Do I respect Cornette as a historian? Sure. Do I think that he's a horrible fucking human being? And would I ever co-sign myself or co-brand myself with him? Especially with how, like, progressive progressive a fucking company as AEW is? Hell no. I would never fucking do that. You're an idiot, dude. Like, you suck. And then... And then your singles run talking about, oh, I'm having all these singles matches. They're so great. Okay, you know what? You are a fine little worker. You have good matches. Okay, you're a good little hand. Good little hand. But you know what? It's going to take more than a three and three quarters match to be wrestler of the year. There's like 15 dudes in the world that are having better matches than you weekly, week in, week out. There's this guy. His name is Will Ospreay. He's a lot fucking better than you, bro. You're not, you had a match with him and he's probably your best match of the year in singles. You're probably like his 30th best best (laughs) match of the year this year. So how the fuck are you the wrestler of the year? And then. All the all the shit that you drum up on the timeline with Twitter crying about being buried, crying about yeah, dude. 
Do you know how embarrassing it is to have the best tag team match of the year, probably with, or at least one of them it's with? Way up there. It's way up there. You had this incredible tag match with with um, Aussie Open. You get an opportunity to cut a promo. You should say something that's, um, I don't know, you're a baby face. Inspiring. Inspiring, endearing. And instead, you're like, Tony Khan, you don't fucking book me. Bro, you're a bitch, bro. <laughs> bro, that's Harwood. I'm done. You guys can have it. Dax Harwood is a 100% phony. This is somebody that acts like he doesn't need validation from your Dave Meltzer's, Sean Ross Sapp's, and and various end-of-the-year wrestling promotions or wrestler things. And then the next thing I do is see him tweeting out Dax versus uh, all his matches listed. All his three-and-a-half-star matches like on on the timeline. And it's like... Come on, bro. Like, it's like, bro, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to, like, shit on people like Dave for that clout. And then you're twerking for Dave, and Dave put you on blast without putting you on blast on a timeline when he said, you know, the people that are reaching out to me are usually the loudest ones talking about they don't fuck with me. And we all knew he was talking about yo dumbass. Right. Let, let, da- this man, Dax, he's an, uh, an observer subscriber. He's a Hall of Fame voter. This man come all out that shit. This man will come out here and, and bury Melser. Meanwhile, he's number one one every month. His, his subscription's going over to Uncle Dave, and he, he wants to bury Dave. He's a the first one probably gets his ballot in for the, the Hall of Fame voting. Like, what are you doing, man? Bro, another thing, too. You you put that post out about how, like, you painted your nails with your daughter and then you went into the gym <laughs> and all those all those big burly dudes were looking at you and you giving you dirty looks and then they realized, oh, I shouldn't do that because this motherfucker will beat my ass. That shit never happened, bro. That didn't – I go to the gym – Every single day. You know how many dudes I see with fingernail painting on them? Tons of them. You think anybody looks sideways or, or says another thing? Like, nobody gives a fuck. You're a liar. And, you, bro, you, you literally take everything cool that you guys did this year. You guys had a Hall of Fame tag team resume year. Yep. And you made it worth nothing because you suck. If I was... Cash or what's the guy's yeah, name? Cash, Cash Wheeler. I was like, I feel, I feel, I feel Cash bad Wheeler, for Cash. Cash ain't did bro, nothing. Cash right. Wheeler fucking right. rules. If I was Cash Wheeler, I would leave your ass entirely because you are <laughs> you are fucking the money, bro. Like, bro, I'm trying to get a check. What are you? You're fucking doing? the money. So, and also the funny part is like you hear about like the Tony Khan stuff and him complaining about his booking. It's like, all right. Go back to Triple H. Oh, wait, you can't because you said Triple H like upset you when he's made some joke about you in front of the click. So yeah. where are you gonna work? You gonna take your ass to impact? Oh, oh, oh no, you just gonna go back to AEW and shut the fuck up. Have a cold smile, shut the fuck up. Okay. Uh yeah, man. Like it's Bro, talking about the FTR Okay, alright, I'll do it. Alright, so last week on, on One Asia Radio, Rich said some shit that like I had basically made up on the like just off the top of my head, talking about like the like cult of Cornette fans or the FTR fans that like are always onto this thing with Meltzer about like the young bucks slash Tony Khan are like conspiring to, to hold the mighty, mighty FTR down by, you know, doing things like booking matches between the young bucks and FTR where FTR beats them in March. Like we were supposed to pretend it never happened or like Jeff Hardy catches DUI when he's supposed to win the AEW world tag team champions with his brother, Jeff, but, at, in, but he ends up, Catch the UI, so like they have to put the belts on and switch, switch them off of Jurassic Express and go to uh, the Young Bucks, and the Young Bucks then transition them over to Swerve Not Glory. And 
they were talking about this whole thing like, oh, they got the belt. They put them over and they got the belts so and they never had the match and then they were no more contenders and then they uh, put them sort of on a glory and then they never had a, a, a title shot, which they ended up getting a couple weeks ago. Great mm-hmm. match they lost. Shocker. Um, <laughs> and like all this stuff, it doesn't, make, it, doesn't make, it doesn't hold up any scrutiny besides just like, they're my favorite team and I want them to win everything. And like, at that point, I was like, okay, so y'all are just denying facts and y'all are just making up stuff as y'all go to continue this conspiracy, regardless of whatever shows you that this is bullshit. So I was like, okay, what else seems like that? And I just was like, then all the time I was like, okay, this is, FT, this is FTR non. Like, yeah. They're just, <laughs> yeah, they're just bro. making shit up. <laughs> they're just making shit up and it's going to go from, it's going to go as long as they say in AW and making this shit up. And I was, I had enough of it and I was like, I was going to keep it there. And then Rich brought it up on the show and I was like, oh, damn. All right, I guess the young guess bucks held us down. The Young right. Bucks wouldn't put us over. Bro, you know how fucking stupid that is? We saw the match. It was one right. of the best tag matches of the year. You're a fucking right. idiot. Right. They Bro. put you over. Right. Like, I can't believe that they act like this shit never happened. Like, Matt and, and Nick never laid their shoulders down one, two, three in on national television. This yeah. never fucking happened. Yo, oh, oh, these oh. guys, these guys had three sets of belts and were complaining about not being pushed, not getting the, the respect they deserve. Like what what like uh, yo, I did the research. There's like no tag team act outside of the acclaimed for the whole entire calendar year that had more television matches or more television time except for like the Usos and and the acclaimed. That's uh. pretty much it. Another thing too, and we didn't even get to it. You are a fucking Bret Hart wannabe. All you do is rip off of his moves, rip off his matches, but you don't do them even like a quarter as good as him. It's one thing to like love a wrestler. Bro, why did the Bret Hart shit only like pop up this year? It was always the horsemen, the uh, the Tully and Arn shit. And then all of a sudden. You You love Bret all of a sudden. Why? Why? Because the the person they they, they, they basically became barnacles on the side of, uh, or what, what are the whales, big whales? They have uh, parasites, kind of a uh, parasite relations with certain. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely uh, right. Like they basically lashed on to the big well known as Chicago made punk, who showed up, in, I think in his first show or one of his first shows, uh, wearing a Bret Hart t shirt, and all he wanted to do was do Bret Hart stuff. In his match with Darby, in his first match, he did the the, the one two three kid Bret Hart like basically the, the, the whole match. Like, oh my god, like this is really fucking good. Like yes, and ever since then it was on, and they immediately started doing the Bret Hart thing. And I'm not saying they, they never liked Bret Hart, but like turn that into a full on gimmick for them, yeah. As opposed to being basically uh, the Brainbusters, that's right. exactly where right. it started. Right, bro. And when they started like putting out like merch and then doing do actually working this into doing indie shows with Bret Hart, bro, that shit was insufferable it was nauseating and it was just like bro it's bro be your fucking self at some point man god damn but what is that but what does that even mean when always been when they always been telling an arm bro what does that mean the ultimate cosplay pro wrestlers in the history pro wrestling is ftr they stole their moves they stole their look they stole their music and they stole their matches Lloyd is gonna hate us. Well, I mean, well, okay, so let, they're let, talented. Let, well, let's be fair. They didn't steal everything from Tully and Arn. They also stole from the Midnight Express. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> they stole their moves from them. They stole their music from them. Right. Oh man, bro, oh. it's bad. So speaking of that, Rich, we have a we have a very funny meme of uh, of Midnight Express in the in the bank that we're, we will not be discussing here. But even even on FOH, but. Has anyone has anyone added the the FTR music instead of the Midnight Express music? We probably should do that. Okay, at some point. Cause yeah, okay, bro, we can't hear you. 
We we probably should do that at, at one point. Should, should we tell them what what it is? No, this no, is a no, paid show. Absolutely not. <laughs> they did pay for this. Okay, I don't even know I'll, what it I'll is. I'll do it. All right. So <laughs> at some point years ago, I don't know who found it. I don't know if I found it or Rich found it. But one of us one of us sent it to the other one where there was a YouTube video of. It was a, it was like a gif, a, 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 loop, a looping gif, in place cent, a fifty cent uh, disco, disco inferno. inferno. It is a, is a shot of like fifty in disco inferno, and disco inferno. His face is bouncing up and down like next to a, a, a stripper's ass. Right, nice. So that you wait till we're not done. So <laughs> what was play, what happens is someone plays the Midnight Express's music while it's playing to him bopping up and down with the with the stripper's ass. Bro, this is but ridiculous. also also add a layer to it. It is not 50 cents face that is on there. What you will never guess whose face is Disney Plus. Like I'm going to give you three guesses. I'm I'm not, be, I, just tell me because I'm not gonna take the three guesses on there. Bill Cosby faces officially <laughs> imposed over this dude's ass, over this dude's face. Oh, well, wait, so, wait. Well, so it's Bill Cosby. It's Bill Cosby's face, digital or photoshopped over Fifty Cent's face, who is in his, in, the, in the face is bouncing in rhythm with the ass while while Midnight Express music's playing. It's the most random, funniest shit I've ever seen in my life, bro. It, and, and this shit like happened like way before like any of like. Like 2018, bro. This shit was years ago. <laughs> it don't make no sense. It, like, it made no sense that they put the Midnight. It's like who did this? Because I know they're a wrestling fan. Like, right? No like, one, no one's no, no one's thinking about the Midnight Express no three music, right? No so it's like, who did this? Like, I don't know where I'll post this. Right? If I can find it, I may I put it. Have it. Okay, I have oh we may have to God. put it in the Discord for y'all oh to look at. God. But it's fucking ridiculous and hilarious all at the same time. But Dax Harwood is a straight up bitch. You're not a wrestler to your candidate. You are a honorable mention ass motherfucker, and you need to get it like the Red Cross and realize just because you got your one tag team of the year, congratulations. Yeah, they did you're, it. You're gonna win this. They're gonna year, win the right? job. Good job, boys. Now you have to win six more to catch up to the young bucks. No, no, no. I thought there were seven stars. Yeah, we're gonna just reappropriate what, what stars. That's not how star ratings work. You can't just say, "Oh yeah, we had seven tower ratings." Or no, how about you go out there and work and have consistently five star matches every right. night? I'm gonna kick it off with this, and then we can tell him to get the fuck out of here. This dude has done so much shit this year to make me dislike him that when he's on TV and he's having good ass matches, I don't give. Uh, fuck. Okay, so Dax Harwood, you can get, get the, the fuck, fuck out of here. here. Woo, that felt so good, cathartic. I swear to God, Rich, you're next, bro. Oh man. Um. All right. We I'm know, looking at the what, list. We know what you're gonna draft. Oh man. I, da, 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 da. I feel like there's. <laughs> I feel like there's. There's really two of them I can pick from. I know which. I know the two exactly that you're gonna like. There's, you know. You got her you and got, then him. You got to say the one, bro. I guess I got to do it for the sake of draft integrity. <laughs> CM Punk. <laughs> Bring your puss ass to the stage. <laughs> slash brawl out. Oh, my now, gosh. Slash everything else. When CM Punk came back, I, like many others, was very excited to have CM Punk back in our lives as a uh, as a professional wrestler, 
He gave us a lot of enjoyment in, you know, the early 2010s in WWE. We thought, you know, he might have got hold a little bit with The Rock coming back. He never really got the run that he was um, going to, you know, the, the run that he that we thought he earned, essentially. He's getting moved out of the way, you know, for Dwayne Johnson and, uh, you know, Brock Lesnar and The Undertaker and, and several other part-time motherfuckers. But he comes back this past year, and he has, like, this these baby face moments of like his return, the people crying in the crowd, um, the you know first couple months where everything's going well, he's having like you know a pre- a pretty good time, and all of a sudden it's like Josh starts pointing it out. This guy's not on the level. I I pointed it out day one from the very first match. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. And this all like culminates in a feud where you know he he blows past he does the Eddie Kingston feud he does the MJF stuff and everybody's liking it you know it's it's not it's not blowing your mind in the ring or anything like that but it's giving good television uh, great promos he's having a good year he's having a great year and he's coming out here you know doing stuff like his ROH, like callbacks and people are loving it. Like, this is like, Oh, this guy really has like a mind and love for this. Like a lot of us do. And then it like comes into the feud with hangman page and shouts out to, um, to, to Trish Spears who like kind of like had talked about this or whatever. Like the way he moved throughout the, the hangman page feud was weird. That is not like how a baby face like would act where it's like, yo, this is just business oh, and stuff we, like we that. We thought he was getting ready to gear up for a potential heel turn. Heel turn eventually. Right, yeah. But there's like, you know, there's a lot of like insider rework shoot stuff that, that starts happening in these promos. Hey man, for for CM Punk steps out of line. A lot of people don't know what Hangman's really talking about because he's saying stuff to build a match. And, you know, Hangman has come up under the school of the elite Kenny Omega and the young bucks and saying these like kind of personal things, but like those things like are used to build a match. Right. And apparently, you know, CM Punk didn't play like that. Like <laughs> as far as like, you know, uh, you say, yo, you know, you talk about workers rights, the crowd didn't get it. The only people that got it on the internet that were like Joe Lanza, Myself, some other people in the voices of wrestling stuff, Me. Josh, like, and we were like kind of talking about this thing, like, yo, there's something here, but like, no one else gets it, whatever. But there's a split going down down right now between you know the the elite fans and the AW fans, and then CM Punk and these like the FTR side, and just this this Maybe. influx of people that have like come into champ come into AEW after, and it was like a fight for the spirit of promotion. And I thought all that was good. Like the, uh, like the, the fight for the spirit of promotion with him and Hangman. When he, when Hangman lost the belt, I felt empty inside. I felt like we were going backwards. I was like, this thing has been like a, it was a masterfully booked, like nostalgia kind of thing where it was like, Oh, now we're back with this. Like, and then clearly seeing months and months of like, Hangman rolling out there, four and a half, four and three quarters, like, and just like, like fighting with his heart. And then uh, CM Punk, it was like AEW sold out to capitalism, like with the CM Punk thing. It was just this dirty, icky feeling. CM Punk goes away. 
there's meetings happening backstage between Punk and Hangman from that whole workers' rights thing, which he did not like because he thought it ruined his character. Not you know, hey, I'm going to yell at somebody in the front row and cuss at them while I'm a babyface. That didn't ruin my character, but <laughs> something else did. And then, you know, it all goes throughout the summer to where he calls out Hangman Page and goes off book after that, where if Hangman, you know, the, the thing Hangman did was like a slap to the face, right? The thing CM Punk did was like running him over with a Mack truck, essentially. Mm-hmm. People didn't like it. Thought it was bull. I thought it was bullshit personally. I thought it was unprofessional. Um, and he has sat home for months stewing. And, and this is yeah, post injury. He had like three or four months to to let it go. Cool, sure, like you said, slap the face. Guy disrespected him. But bro, you're you're messing up the money. He talked. He said, "Oh, Hangman almost screwed up a million dollar gate." Bro, you are screwing up multiple million dollar gates by not wanting to do business by sitting at home, stewing, getting mad, and your first idea is, oh, when I come back to TV, I'm gonna bury Hangman. Like, what? 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 what that I'll, ne- I'll never lose the Hangman page. The, the story of this company is fucking losing the Hangman page. Like, in unless you're John Moxley. We'll see about that. But um, <laughs> the you know the thing goes on until CM Punk gets the belt back again from John Moxley, as James mentioned. After Mox has this great summer where he's showing us what a fighting champion looks like, somebody that cares about a promotion, somebody that steps in against people from New Japan uh, with honor, essentially, rather than saying, just bring the next guy out. When he's talking about Hiroshi fucking Tanahashi, um, he comes out here and displays a level of arrogance after and then goes to that press conference Buries the elite, buries Hangman Page, buries Cole Capenna in a way that was so unbecoming and just problematic for the overall perception of the company. Unintentionally, cl- unintentionally clowns Khan too. Yes, Tony Khan sitting there and it looking like a cold, you know, <laughs> uh, while, and, and with no power to stop this shit, and then. You know, he essentially, he cools down at the press conference. He's smiling at the end. and But at the same time, he drops a little nugget of, you know, if anybody has a problem with it, you know, come holler at me, essentially. Come see me. And what happened? What did he expect to happen? The elite came and saw his bitch ass. Like, and then, you know, we got the big brawl out from there. Yeah. And all that did was damage the perception of the company. He was the world champion. He came out here and just ruined, like, all these potential matches. The... The spirit of the company felt felt like it kind of died that day. Like, with everything, AEW is on the ascent, right? And I'm not saying they're declining or anything right now because they've done a really good job in the outset of, like, just between Jericho and Moxley and um, just more people like Eddie Kingston and, um, you know, Brian Danielson and all these people that have worked really hard to keep the company going forward. But what he did was... He tried. It was like he almost tried to, f- to try to fuck it up. Yeah, mm. like yeah. the one true alternative that has come along to WWE. He tried to fuck it up essentially. Yeah, and, and the elite got clear from their investigation. Everybody that was in the room got clear from the investigation. And you know his status is he's injured, so we don't know if he's quote unquote clear from the investigation. But everyone's back. Everyone, you know, it seems like there was one wrong party here between the investigation, and it was CM Punk. And there's a lot of his fans that can't deal with this shit. That don't realize that this shit was his fault. The shit he he stepped out in public doing. The elite never stepped out in public with this shit. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like he needs to either like for him to find a way to come back, right? 
He's going to have to do a lot of back straightening and, and, and sitting, it, sitting it down. He's a very prideful guy. So I don't know if that's going to happen. But there is a... There, it's a it's, it's created this this nasty like underbelly kind of the fan base that's there now that that the elite get from this and you know I'm a big Kenny and, and Young Bucks fan and you know I feel like if they were like in this real like wrong sense I wouldn't be afraid to condemn them or anything right. but like bro it, we're not afraid to condemn CM Punk we loved CM Punk right and and it's like all right well they got cleared right and they're able to come back and they're doing you know their own thing or whatever but it's just like this. Combined with the cornet shit and, you know, CM Bunk essentially has been adopted into that cornet shit is fucking weird. And I don't believe like the if this is like if CM Punk never comes back, the way he flamed out is he flamed out in legendary fashion. Good riddance. Well, the thing is, you know how much of a bitch he is? It's just the <laughs> fact of all the stories that came out and brought out. Like, <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, go through these fucking stories, bro. Bro, like, you thought Heyman was going to shoot on him? Yes. Bro, you hear all these stories about, oh, that they super kicked the door down. Larry's tooth fell out because of that. And come, come oh, see me, but I, I, don't kick down my door. I thought they were gonna shoot on me. Like you heard all these stories coming out from the punk side, but then all of a sudden, everybody else that was there, <laughs> non elite side, everybody else was like, "Oh no!" Like, they came with Mega, to the head of legal, and like knocked on the door. They and were not coming to fight you, CM Punk. No, and, the, the, go ahead, sorry. No, and it's like. All his all the punk camp stories that came out immediately got debunked from the non elite side and the elite side. Like everybody else that was there was like, no, no. we we saw the Bucks and Kenny rolling with Mega, knocking the door. They they went in there and this man threw a chair in. His homeboy starts biting people. <laughs> it's like, yo, like what that, is happening? And that's where I'm. Getting, that's the part I'm getting at is like his defense is literally a uh, me and my homeboy a still. Got buck wild in that room, uh, it like on some on some Solange Knowles type shit in the elevator. <laughs> and the reason why is because we were threatened by the fact that like we had our dog, we had our we had A Steel's wife in there, and she had a bad leg. So we went out there, we decided to fuck them boys up. And I was like, that don't quite sound right to me. You like thought, you thought Nick and Matt Jackson were gonna fuck up some shit like the good Christian boys? Man, Come on, not even that is like the, it just doesn't it doesn't it doesn't ring true. It just seems like you were you were looking for a fight. You got your fight. They weren't necessarily looking for a fight. They weren't they didn't know what they were expecting. And they went in there and they got their and and, and the elite got their asses whooped or, or handled in certain in a certain way. And that was the end of it. And then the, on the back end is like. Like, hey, it's from a legal perspective. Everybody that's at fault would be Ace, the Ace Steel, CM Punk side, and now they're basically trying to cop to to all this nonsense to try to, to try to to try to say, hey, we we felt threatened, blah blah blah. It's like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. This guy literally. It's like either went, you gonna win the fight, you can take that, or you can be like. You know, it was our fault. It can't be like it ain't our fault, and we won the fight. Right? Like it can't be that. When, when, it ain't our fault. We were threatened, and then we also beat him. Like nigga, you ain't Batman. Get the fuck out of here, <laughs> bro. When Mox cut the promo, yes. leading into that match, and he said, "Weak mind, weak spirit, weak, weak body. body," and he's like, "And if you like this guy." I hope you enjoy it because he's not going to be around much longer. That was the real shoot promo. That was someone shooting for real from John the head. Moxley, pop, 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 pop. Well, what about the other part where Moxley at a different point said to that man's face, 
you ain't you ain't finna do nothing. You ain't finna leave because you're broke. Bro. You're broke. I <laughs> <laughs> know you ran out of money. <laughs> like, bro, I, look, I have I have loved Moss uh, ever since he left. Yeah, did the G one. Uh, in 2019, I have never loved him more in that moment than when he said that. See, that CM Punk was broke. That Bro, shit killed me. CM Punk went from in from the course of starting his career in AEW, being like, "I just want to put over the young guys. I just want to give back to the past generation." He put over no one. Like, I I love wrestling. He didn't put anybody over. And then a year later, he said, "I work with children." I work with a bunch of people that are babies. You're the baby, bro. You're crying. And then not. Adam Page is a man, and he is bro. 31 years old, I believe. I'll never put over the 31-year-old top, uh, future future ace uh, candidate. Then, then he talks about, you know, Hangman Page, this dumb fuck motherfucker who doesn't know anything. Empty-headed dumb fuck. And, and he complains about some promo that he did on God knows where. Nobody knows where the fuck that, thing, that interview even was. Like March or something. And he had to literally have been tracking. He was like literally vanity searching this dude and following him to a degree that dude, not that, even the that, most. That whole three months or four months he was home. It's all he was doing was looking up hangman stuff. Bro, the baby is you. You went home and instead of being. And you know what? They had meetings and mediation yeah, and they had man. moved on and they had already agreed to stop fucking fighting over the issue. And he went home and stood over and said, you know what? I'm going to come back. There's no Vince McMahon here. There's nobody that can tell me what to do. And he decided to be the person that actually like was disrespectful and actually like shot on him nobody knew what the fuck hangman said when he meant workers rights only like you know tinfoil conspiracy theorists like me and rich ladder were the ones saying <laughs> that, that, that we that, were right we were right but we right. were the only ones saying that got shit. one no we get them all the time and, and, the thing, and, the thing, and the thing about it was like if you get a shot if you want to send it back in like an escalate situation fine that's cool but like the way he did it was so beyond the pale that that's what started all this thing off. Right. And then, like, now we're here talk, burying a dude that, like, we all have, like, or I think all four of us will say, like, in the last decade. Has been one of our favorite wrestlers. one of our favorite I, I wrestlers. Punk, dude. It's, it's I, wild. I, I, I it's watched wild. the original ROH run. I loved him and Joe, all the hour draws, all the stuff he was doing in Ring of Honor, yeah. the ECW run, uh, and then WWE, all, all that stuff, like, Punk was the man. I was there for Raw when he was confronting The Rock here in Tampa. Like, dude, I was, I, like, everybody else, I was super excited he's coming back to AEW. All right, you know, we're going to get this, you know, final scene. Dog, I wrote run. a big-ass column about it the night he came back. Bro, sit, 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 sitting here. Sitting, I, I put him ninth, and I think James put him, like, second, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. Sitting here yeah. talking about how, oh, I'm trying to make million-dollar gates. Bro, they could have fucking done million dollar gates without you before you ever got here, and they've done tons of them since you left. Like, was he an asset? He absolutely was. But like, here's the reality: this is a guy should be a Hall of Famer, and he fucked himself out of getting in the Hall of Fame. You know why? Because he left in disgrace from the two biggest companies in the past two decades in North America. And how do you get past that? All the great work he did with MJF, all the great work he did over the past you know year in in um, AEW. That shit's gone. No, all anyone remembers is that you're a bitch. <laughs> and, and you are, bro. You are a little bitch. And and that's the thing now, like when it comes to like whenever we have these like, you know, big departures from out of WWE into AEW is now it's like, all right, is this person when people talk about this person being difficult to work with, are they are they mal malcontent and you think about like the kind of pressure cooker and nonsense machine this man's WWE was. Now we're gonna look back and he's like, okay, 
this person most like more likely to be a CM Punk or more likely to be a Moxley. That's what it's going to come down to. Now, mm. like when Sasha come, if and when Sasha shows up on AEW, that'll be the question: Are you a, are you a Moxley or are you a Punk? Is there any coincidence that AEW's business has struggled on a lot of different metrics since what time? Specifically, since Brawl Out, since yeah. this dude, he sit here, he he can sit here and say, "Oh, I'm trying to." Build the business. I'm trying to draw fans. I'm trying to make money, and I work with a bunch of dumb, empty fuckheads who think they're still in Reseda. Bro, you fucked the money for yourself, for all the boys, for all the girls. You you might have fucked it up for everybody. In long term, who knows what repercussions are going to come from this. This should have been number one. I'm just not as annoyed by it by, as I was by Dax. But literally, like, fuck you, dude. You suck. And the only thing that's good, that could possibly like save this, this this point that we're at right now, like post the that brawl out scrum thing, is like if he comes back, he heals up, physics gets mended, people go back on the things they said they wouldn't uh, say, uh, people they wouldn't do programs with or whatever else. Like the only way this turns around is CM Punk versus Kenny Omega, CM Punk versus Nick Jackson, and and that kind of stuff. CM Punk versus Adam Page, and that kind of stuff. Like that's the only Matt Jackson as well. That's the only thing that's going to possibly save this on the back end. And like, the, I don't see any reason why any of uh, the elite will want to work with that dude going forward. And like, if CM Punk still wants to come back and wrestle, which Tony Khan really, really wants to still come happen, he's going to be sitting there wrestling everybody but the elite. And like for me, if for me. I'd be okay with that because I think like adults can, uh, if you don't like somebody, you don't have to be forced to work with them, whatever else. I've been pro wrestling in that kind of situation, even though we've seen people that hate each other work with each other. Like, I think that's perfectly fine. But I originally said, ever since I've ever said this, it would be weird as fuck and kind of like flies in the spirit of what AEW was at the start. I think, I think it would would be, it would be like two different like worlds essentially. It would be like whatever the fuck CM Punk is doing and and whatever the fuck, uh, you know, the elite is doing and everyone else essentially you know what's funny you know what's funny about that uh like when cm punk um you know blew up big after the after the pipe bomb like in a in wwe it was a lot of that too it was like the reality era right and then there was like the people like sheamus and like and like del rio being like defensive uh kind of like the large in life like fantastical characters right and like now it's and now like all of a sudden we be right kind of back to that where it's like these people are in their own worlds like they don't there's not much interaction and that was suck because like you think of like some of the most fun things that Punk was doing was like his stuff with Darby or his stuff with Moxley or his stuff or stuff with King or, or stuff with Kingston or or stuff with other people and like this it, it would be less it would be less but like for me I enjoyed him and thought his television so good that like I'm even willing to deal with that that kind those kind of weird yes no you know. Uh, you know, program things, whatever else. But like, I think for a lot of fans, they will see that and just be like, "Nope, he's clearly not working that person." It'd be like the Sukasa Fujimoto and like Risa Sarah stuff that was going on in Ice Room before, like everybody in Ice Room basically fucking left, and now all of them are in fucking stardom except for Sukasa now. You know who was yeah. right? MJF was right. Uh, Eddie Kingston was right. And um, Hangman. and Hangman Adam Page. They all told us the truth in code. In there, yeah. and we and people don't want to listen to. It. Like he's happy, he's good. Phil, nah, bro, he's always been CM Punk. He's gonna be CM Punk, yeah. and he doesn't give a fuck about you or the, or wrestling industry. And the thing is, even if they did those elite matches, would his body hold up? That man, right. that man will eat one B trigger like, like, and turn. Do to I? Dust. Re- like, I'm the biggest. I think I'm the biggest Kenny Omega fan. A lot of y'all know, right? 
do you think I was actually looking forward to like a CM Punk Kenny Omega match at all? Like, I was, but not like, really. Not like really. it would be like, like all right, it would be. A I big, feel like a less version of you know him versus Tanahashi. Like yeah, I mean, it would be, it'd be a big draw, obviously a big like talk about match, but from the in ring bell to bell, like I don't know. I, look, I'm hoping you know. I think they're different. I think that like those those two being wrestling genes that they are, even with like Punk still being kind of like his version of pro wrestling is kind of uh, uh, a, a like a, a earlier model or whatever else. I still think like I mean I think I think even think like someone like Jericho still has a mindset of what he wants to do with wrestling. When I see his stuff, I, I still kind of feel like the patterns of this is a match that I would see him do like a decade ago. But like it doesn't matter. If you can get a, a mean in the middle of like both of your philosophies and be able to tell the story on that, right? Like like Tanahashi and, o- and Omega, for example, like, and I think Omega is that level of wrestler where like he can slow down to keep accommodate for like the deficiencies athletically that CM Punk has. Like, I mean, I think the thing that is kind of getting lost in the CM Punk run or whatever else, minus the injuries and this bullshit here, is like he had a great run of some great television. He's had some great matches. Like, regardless, and if you don't like this the, the Bret Hart stuff, I, I get that, but like. That match where you won a title back from Moxley, that was a great match. The match yeah. he had, the match yeah. he had with Hangman where you won a title, that was also a great match. It may have been bittersweet for a lot of people; they didn't want to see Hangman go down to that dude. But like, those were like great matches, and like that's the thing that's like upsetting about all this. Like, this dude was still like, it was like in, in a big match it. situation, was still getting it done. Like even even the bar or not the bar bar, but like the the dog charter match. Like I, I I despise that match. Most people love that match. So it's like for me, it's like this dude was having some of the best television. Uh, like in the world or in America, basically and then having great matches to tap it off. And I was like, this dude's doing the work and getting it done. He's having great successful program, having successful program, and now he's just fucking. Now it's like he's going to be fucking gone, and it's his fault. And like, I'm just like, fuck, man. Like, it sucks. It really sucks. Things outside of WWE that I've been excited about in the last two decades was basically TNA at one point that got fucked up. Ring of Honor. Yeah, at one point it was great. And Ring of Honor, that got fucked up. Lucha Underground, that got fucked up. NXT, that got fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> and and we got to this point where it was like AEW, here we are, the real true alternative. And you know who almost has literally fucked it up? CM Phillip Punk. Brooks. As much as I love you, CM Punk, as much as I remember your runs through IWA Mid-South and Ring of Honor and yeah. WWE and ECW. You literally have literally almost fucked up the true alternative. The voice of the voiceless, that's a fucking gimmick. You're all about yourself. You don't give a fuck about us. You don't give a fuck about anything except for you being a petulant little child who gets your way, and that's all you really fucking care about. Yeah. Okay, so just to double back, IWA Mid-South, is that like like the Tracy Smothers run? Yeah. Oh. That's where he started. Okay. Working with like Chris Hero and That's where he started making his name. Yeah, he wrestled Eddie there, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's, that's been, that was Eddie, like, they let Eddie go and he came back after that. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah okay. We could throw 0-1 in there, too. That's He was there, too. But that, that wasn't that long of a run, though, with 0-1, though, no, right? No, but it made tape. We all saw it. But yeah, man. You saw it. I ain't seen <laughs> <laughs> Like, I guess, you know, we should leave it here, but CM Punk, like, you got to get the fuck out of here, here, man. Like, <laughs> Fuck you, Phil. You fucking suck, bro. <laughs> Uh, James, man. you're next. Oh God! All right, I'm gonna take a quick glance at this list. Um, by the way, uh, for the uh, those that are still listening, um, I have actually sent the video uh, uh, that we were talking about earlier 
Uh, I'm gonna play the audio just to let y'all know it's real. Just, just, just imagine into this. You see an ad, a, an ass in Bill Cosby's face imposed over Fifty Cent, bouncing in rhythm. Yes, yeah. All right, we'll, we'll stop in there before we get a copyright infringement. So we'll stop it. No, there. this ain't going out on, I, on, the, on the feed. I, I'm not even. I'm not this even dealing, with, paying, I'm not even dealing with a pay, behind a paywall. I'm not even dealing with it. Thank you, sir. Also, we'll guys, if it. you haven't paid at this point, it's not too late to go back and right. throw some bread. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I'm um, looking at this list. Oh man! All right, just because it's so, just because it's like topical right now, I am going. Uh, I yeah, I am going with it. Yeah. WWE smearing Sasha Banks and mm, Naomi. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! So everyone knows the story by now. Uh, they, you know, Sasha Banks was uh, scheduled to presumably win the Royal Rumble and then face Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. On the tendency that like Ron Rosman is gonna show up. Then all of a sudden, I think number thirty, uh, you hear the uh, the Joan Jet come on, and you already know what's happening. Uh, Ronda wins the Rumble, and then she proceeds to have a match with uh, with Charlotte at WrestleMania. That that was Middington, um, and the, I guess the the consolation prize for Sasha was you and Naomi will be women's tag team champions. Now keep in mind, two thousand nineteen. Sasha left after uh, getting being named inaugural tag team cha- a women's tag team champions with Bailey because she won a like elimination chamber and then they lost them to the fucking Iconics who are no longer with the company um, <laughs> at, at WrestleMania of all places and it was basically a show of like this is a lack of value of a lack of like a value we have for you and the things you're doing um, on our television. And like after after she t- took her time away and came back, like it seemed like they were re- readjusting. They realized what they were missing when she was gone, and you know she immediately came back and had that great match, uh, a great feud with uh, with Becky, and um, and, and then they did the Bailey stuff, whatever. Um, fast forward, whatever else. Um, and so getting back to 2022, they did it with Naomi, and and it turned to like the typical WWE women's tag team titles, where it's like. This is just a vehicle to put uh, whoever, whatever is woman champion, whatever brand, uh, into a, a tag, a, a uh, what do you call, odd couple tag team with whoever the next challenger is versus the tag team champions, and they were going to beat these tag team, these women tag team champions, and Sasha Soft from all the way because she's already experienced it, she's already dealt with it, she's she experienced it while being the uh, you know double champions with with, with Bailey in two thousand twenty and uh, twenty one, whatever the dates. I'm getting flogging the dates, but never mind that. So, um, she saw that they were playing with her in her career, and she said she wants to talk to Vince. And um, Lauren Ice let me know that Vince was busy or whatever else. So she had, had the meeting with uh, her and Naomi had the meeting with uh, Lauren Ice and said, "Hey, they put the belts on the de- on the desk," and they left. And then right after that, and I'm out this motherfucker. And they left before the show. And then they had uh, Vince in their ear, whatever prepare statement they have from whoever production, whatever else, give to Michael Cole to go out there and say that Sasha and Naomi are like suspended or whatever else, and, and they left because they were unprofessional and they had all this time to do X, Y, and Z, and they left that press release where they said like these are wrestlers that they've wrestled before, these are wrestlers, and then and they left and they had time to rehearse the match, blah 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 blah, trying to make them sound like the most all these all all types of inverses, unprofessional and ungrateful or whatever else, and uh, it was it, and it was like they've never gone this hard to, do, to derail anybody, even when it was like people that have done way worse than that, 
over the years, and it's like, why them? And like, what what is particular to them that makes it that makes them stick out to where they want to do this to them? And um, I found it be I kind of feel really quite nasty pull for for him to do that, especially for someone like Naomi. Like, if you want to say Sasha, she has this thing or whatever else of her of her uh, having a higher st- or sense of herself than everybody else. Fine, but you can't say shit about Naomi. So like that shit always set that shit always set wrong with me. And I thought that shit was trash. And then you see like all of a sudden they want them back. That's how that works. They put out a press release saying they're unprofessional on this. Well, why, why the fuck do you want them back? Interesting. Hmm. So y'all can take it from there. I just, I just, I just, I just, it's always like fucking bothering me all year. I think that Sasha Banks is the greatest women's wrestler this country has ever produced. I think Naomi has been somebody that's been over beyond her push since almost 2011, 2012. Better every year. Right. And like, you know, she has a wrestling style that necessarily isn't going to resonate with everybody. You know, there's a lot of people that think she isn't good for whatever reason. But the whole thing with Sasha has always fucking baffled me. Mm-hmm. She's always been the one that they cheered for. She's always been the one that has kind of, you know, produced the best matches. And they've never valued her as a top person. They was like, yeah, we'll use your popularity to boost up our blonde white women, you know, Charlotte Flair, Alexa Bliss, Ronda Rousey. Uh, And it's just been so bad the way they've treated her, I think. And you'll get people that'll say, you know, she's won the championship this amount of times. She's actually got the main event of WrestleMania. And now this other nasty thing that's coming up that sounds too much like white supremacy for me to engage in like a lot of people are trying to juxtaposition Bianca against Sasha now, which is just fucking ridiculous at this point. Cause I love them both. And like, personally, I'm not going to acknowledge that. Like, as far as like, I'm not going to engage in it and, you know, talk about who's better or anything like that. Because like, you know, like, like, why do we, why do we have to choose between them? Like, I mean, I can tell you why. I think it's they want to do the Muhammad Ali Joe Frazier shit. What you mean? Okay, so uh, Muhammad Ali at that point in time, um, Frazier became the champion because they, they stripped Muhammad Ali of the belt because he didn't go on to fight in the Vietnam War. And uh, because of that, uh, when they finally wrestled, uh, I almost said wrestled, when they finally had their match at uh, MSG, the first match, like white America. Uh, overwhelmingly was rooting for Joe, Joe Frazier to win because, like, they can feel they they can actually like say like, look, we can get by similar to her, similar to Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock. They can be like, this is a more palatable uh, version of blackness that we're willing to uh, uh, appreciate as opposed to this one that actually is standing up for something that we 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 don't want and um and is actually up is actually uh you know against uh, American white supremacy and like that that is what is what this is in a way is like. This is a this is Bianca doesn't quote unquote ruffle any feathers yet 
or whatever else. But the hey, set, hey, but she will one day. I promise you, she it, will. It's the same. But, that, but that's what I'm getting at. Like when I say the yet part is like we don't know if it'll be anything valid. It'll just be a situation where she says or she says or makes some type of move, and then people will not appreciate her. And then all of a sudden, it's, it's very similar to when like Iverson was talking about LeBron when he was young, saying like they love you now, but once anything little any little thing happens, they'll get mad at you. And then what happened? LeBron James switched teams and became the most hated guy in the NBA. Mm. It, it, you know, and I'm not. I'm just speaking from a historical standpoint. You know, Muhammad Ali got compared a lot to Joe Lewis, who was from a different era. And they're like, are you going to be a champion like Joe Lewis? And he's like, no, nah, I'm going to be a champion like I'm a champion, not like <laughs> Joe Lewis. <laughs> yeah, you know, they, they, people say, oh, yeah, yeah, Bianca, she's, she's a good one. She's falling in line. Why can't Sasha just be like her? Like, she's enjoying her time. Uh-huh. Why can't she just, you know... Fall in line like everybody else. And, and at the same time with that, like, they're not really sticking up for Bianca like that. They're sticking up for the institution. Right. So, yeah. like, like the like we love Bianca. Like, I took a picture with Bianca. Like, I talked to Bianca. Like, and it was just like, I, I told her, thank you for being you because we need you. So, like, trying to put her against Sasha, for me, it's like, that's a fucking, like, a mind fuck for me. What they did to Sasha should stand on his own merits and, and Naomi would should stand on his own merits because they would never treat Charlotte Flair or Becky Lynch or Bailey like this. Right. It, it, it's just like this weird, you know, and, 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 you know, we've heard the stories about them like, yo, Sasha's looking for a certain amount of money. Right. She's looking for, you know, uh, Charlotte Flair money, Becky money. And the thing is, it's like, why is she even looking for this? Right. She should already be fucking making that. Right. Especially when you say the Charlotte Flair money thing, it's like, okay, so wait a second. They're contemporaries. You mean, you mean, you mean to tell me that one person has been used to get the other one over, over and over and over again for, for years at the expense of the other Meanwhile, the one that keeps putting the other one over over the years at the expense of the other one is the one that's always been more popular. How the fuck does that make any sense? Oh, you got to be careful. You're starting to sound like Ryback there. (laughs) (laughs) And the funny thing is, like, Sasha laid it all out in that Steve Austin podcast. She's like, Mm. hey, you know, I'm like Vince. I eat steak and vegetables, like... I, I'm above everything. Like I'm, a, I know my worth now. At first, I was just happy to be here. I was happy for an opportunity. She was a mark, right? <laughs> and she's like, "No, now I, I know my worth. I know what I deserve. What I should get." And, and that's what's happening right now. She's standing up for herself. She's like, "You know what? If y'all don't want to pay me." I will get some of that Bushy Road money. I'll, yes, sir. I'll, I'll get some of that Tony Khan money. Yes, sir. I'll, I'll get some of that uh, Disney Plus money. Yes, sir. <laughs> Let, let's let's talk in plain English here, okay? This is a company where if you have ever gotten over in any way and they didn't want you to, they tell you, fuck you. It doesn't matter how passionate you are. It doesn't matter how creative you are. It doesn't matter how talented you are, how good you are. They want you to fall in line and be where they see you. And guess where they see her? They see her 
as the lowest member of the four horsewomen, as someone who is a transitional person to get over every everyone else from another generation. They don't see her as a top star. It doesn't matter if she pulls in ratings the same level as Roman Reigns. It doesn't matter. Fuck that. More than Roman Reigns. It doesn't matter if she has the same level of social media following as anyone else in the company. It doesn't matter if she's on Disney Plus or whatever you want to talk about. It doesn't matter if she's the greatest in ring. Yeah, on hot ones. It doesn't matter if she's the greatest women's in-ring performer in North America probably ever. They pretty much are like, we see you as a one-week title holder type of champion, and we see you as someone who is literally just like a good little hand who basically Brian Danielson, if he didn't like literally get to that upper echelon, (laughs) that's where they see her. Right, and that's the thing that's that's mind-boggling because like, this is the part when we, we, when people talk about like you know in sports or whatever else when you say like there is no there is no racism or sexism p- the best person for the job blah 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 blah, blah. it's and a meritocracy they, but it's not really yeah, they, they, they pretend it's a meritocracy and then it's like okay so explain X Y or Z and like they can't actually answer for that and it's like okay hmm. so all right. This person does better numbers than, than person X does better person numbers than person Y. You continue to push person X instead. Why is that? Well, here's the other thing too is like, okay, so she had the first breakdown after they made all these promises back at that WrestleMania in New York. And then they took that break and it was like, oh, she's difficult to work with. Oh, she's having tantrums. Oh, and and you think about how they fucked her over for year after year after year after year. And those of us who know, we knew Going into that, we're like, oh, this might be it. And then she came back and she gave them another shot and she did all these numbers. She did all this business and then and put over their girl and she did all this shit. And then it was like, oh, you know, she finally figured out, you know what? It doesn't work playing their game. I'm going to walk away. And it was like and then you see the fans go, fuck you. And and, and she's ungrateful. She's ungrateful. You know what? Fuck those fans who think it's okay to talk about any woman in any profession for any reason. Doesn't matter. Calling her a bitch. Yeah, calling her a bitch. Calling her whatever the fuck you think it is. Like you you think you got okay. If you don't want to like her, whatever. Don't talk about women like that. Like fuck you, bro. There's a bunch of like news sites and different people I saw online like talking like that. And I like it took almost everything inside of me to like not sully the name of keeping a strong style to to, (laughs) to, to, to go engage. But the thing is, I know these people are like fucking idiots. So there's no point in even like engaging with them. But like. The company buried these girls on the way out. All right, they they real emba- nasty. They, like they embarrassed them in a way that I've never really seen them do to anybody else on the right. way out. Right. Then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, she's too difficult. Oh, she's asking for too much, but we don't want her to go anywhere else. And it's like, and then it, like her fans only want her to be with WWE. Right. Like a lot of them, I won't say all of them mm-hmm. because I think there are some such fans that are like, all right, we'll take the, the journey with you, Mercedes or whatever. But no, no, there's only, a, only, there, only as Sasha. Right. But, well, I think well. that I think the I think well. what they want is they want her to take this journey uh, to this place called. Anywhere but AEW. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. They they do not want Tony Khan to benefit from, from this. They do not want the elite to benefit they from this. They don't want the elite to prosper. Yes. That, that, like, that, that, would, a, that would shift the narrative because, you know, they're counting on their stopwatches and talking about how women don't get any opportunities. Right, right, right. And, like, 
it was interesting, like, at that point in time where, like, you know, it seemed like she was, you know, rock, I think at the time, like, the summer when Roger Gary, you know, first said, like, I think she's out Shout of the company. Shout out to Raj. I don't like him, right. but you got it right. I, I don't right. like him either, but he wasn't right. lying, and everyone right. was talking about how he's lying. Yeah, we were saying this on O&R this week. It's like, look, man, there are plenty of people, like, like Satin or sometimes, like, Melson when it comes to certain things where it's like, I, I do not fuck with their opinions on this particular topic, but like what they report, I believe I don't believe it to be bullshit. I believe it's something that they actually like came across and actually right. you, you know vetted out. So uh, like when when like that came that report came out of summer and it was like she's out of she's out of it seems like she's out of her deal. Like you start seeing popping up. You know, I want Sasha in Japan. I want Sasha in Japan. And like keep my, <laughs> and keep, and keep in mind, right? Like. You know me, like if you are watching Joshi, there's a, if I don't follow you, there's a great chance I have come across your your account. Some of these motherfuckers, I have never seen this account <laughs> for my life. It is like, oh, so you're just saying go anywhere but AEW without saying because but you don't want to sound like a fucking hater, no, bro. And now I remember putting out a tweet that was like, and I think got like a hundred likes, and it was just like almost viral for me because like I don't do, I, I wasn't right like you, Rich. I wasn't like, bro. I was, bro. I was, my Twitter now is like fucking unhinged, bro. I, I get, I get a hundred likes off of nothing now, bro. I swear to God, bro. Top Dollar came out last night. I tweeted, Top Rope, catch a vibe for that suck ass nigga. Like, hey, he came out there, bro. That shit got like hundred fifty likes, like nothing. Like, shout to Swart. Remember like, Top Dollar coming out there with them basic ass raps. Nigga, I got on a song with you. I came out there and smoked your bitch ass. I, I don't know when the song's coming out, but when it comes out, you're gonna hear that shit. And nigga, like, I seen him come out here talking about nobody out raps him. Da, 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 da. Like, come on, you coming out here and you dissing swerve? No, sucker ass nigga. Like, you're, you're coming out here and you're falling down and you're hitting your head on the apron when you're doing Dives over the ropes like a sorry ass motherfucker. Yo, like, come dying, on, bro. Oh my gosh. Bro, remember when this All guy right, was at so. fake GCW and found out we had a podcast that so y'all gonna put me on? Oh, oh shit, y'all got a podcast? He said, y'all gonna put me on? Oh, <laughs> All right, so this is going off the hinges. That was unintentional. Sorry, but I'll hand this shit back to James. Oh, I don't my even know gosh. where we just were a second ago. We were, oh, the, the Japan thing. Like, Vile for me is like, I get 100, 100 likes or, or something crazy or whatever else, right? And I, like, my whole thing was. It's like, <laughs> hey, I, I like, hey, like, people see the same game that y'all are playing. Like, you just don't want her going to the quote unquote opposition because you're the some, enemy. You're some type of like, you know, like uh, WWE apologist or whatever else. And it's like, yeah, man, that's that's a, that's a weird game. Like, this woman has like uh, has been like a very successful act in pro wrestling in, uh, in America for like the last decade. Like. Wherever she goes is only going to make the promotion that she goes to better. Like, so basically, you're saying is like you don't fuck with AEW, and it's like exactly, yo, that's a, that, that's shitty. That's just shitty, and like, that, and, and you're even willing to like at the expense of like her career just going to nothing or whatever else that you want her just to go to Japan. And it's like because my whole point was like you keep saying Japan, where in Japan? I'm, and the reason why you say Japan is you know there's a bunch of women's wrestling promotions out there. You don't know which ones are actually like the top ones or whatever right. else because otherwise mm-hmm. you just said stardom. No one said that. Like people were saying, like um, it was just it, you could see it. It was like uh, clearly just like you just want her to go somewhere else and be off the grid or or away from AEW. And I was like, look, man, that sucks. I'm sorry. Like, and if she had showed up and just been a, a regular in stardom, which I don't think would ever happen. But like, even if that was the case, it would have been like so like weird that she was like, wait a second, you're the you're you're, you're the second biggest star and and like you're the second biggest woman's wrestler. Like of the last fifteen years, 
in, in, in American pro wrestling, and now you're just taking your ass over to the other side of the, of the globe to wrestle as opposed to like going to number two promotion. That's weird as fuck. And like, and like, so it makes no, it made no sense. So, like, when people say this, uh, we're saying like, go to Japan, it's like, we know what you're really saying. <laughs> you know what you're really saying. I'll this say, is hater shit. I'll say one last thing on this and kick it off to you guys. Yeah. People want women's wrestling to be equal to men's wrestling, right? But in all reality, it never has been, even in WWE, you can give them like a, a, a you know, a, a, a WrestleMania main event here or there, but at no point have they actually ever been the top act. Then when you have a woman who actually is capable of being the top act, wants to be treated like the top act and actually wants to be paid like the top act and actually wants to be given the opportunities of a top act, she is out of her role, she's out of her place, and she is ungrateful, and you're not willing to criticize the company for not paying her the way she needs to get paid and for not giving her what she's fucking earned. And anybody who actually is objective and realizes what, what wrestling is, you know, she's better than Becky. You know, she's better than Charlotte. You know, she's better than Bailey. Nobody. Fucking and she's younger than all and, of and them. She's younger than right. all of them. And she does better business than all of them. But the reality is a lot of it is because you guys don't like her because the color of her skin and the, her race. And that's what it actually comes down to. And that's the real reality of this truth. And you don't want to see her succeed or rise up because she doesn't fit your mold and i'll Yo, say this fuck you guys you're gonna treat bianca WWE. they're gonna treat bianca like that eventually we know we knew the truth from full sale when they were chanting sasha is ratchet yeah that was yeah. fucking yes. racist too fuck you guys for saying that shit back from then day one and i mean if you want to go back to was it a takeover our arrival or our takeover arrival like you can see me and rich in the background like when they're chanting that shit over sasha of the end, that's what it was. Take over the end, like you can see us in the background, like as they're chanting that Sasha's ratchet shit. Like you can see me and Rich yelling, "Y'all just racist." Yeah, y'all yeah. bigots. Like y'all would not have said this about like I don't know, Carmella. Even while Carmella is like doing the the, the, the that, that whole background, you know, like hip hop dance instructor shit, the or whatever, Uzi, the Uzi shit. Yeah, it's like <laughs> <laughs> so Uzi. Oh my god! All right, well. WWE smearing Sasha and Naomi on the way out. Actually, should we talk about how they how they treat Naomi too? Like, god damn. You know what? I, I've seen so much slander on Naomi since day one, and it's fucking disgusting. Like, she's incredible. She's a great act. She's a beautiful woman. She's an incredible uh performer. Like, I don't fucking get it. And Look, she needs to land somewhere too. Some somebody that uh was creative enough to come out with her own laser light show. Mm-hmm. With her feature her own music that she's performing herself, uh, with the light up stuff, uh, re- be able became a better wrestler year over year over year. Um, is one of like the people kind of like um, Oscar, where it's like you can put them with anybody and they can make it work because of the personality and charisma uh, and likability character uh, factor of it. Um, and a person that's been able to reinvent her look over the years, that kind of person is so valuable in WWE pro wrestling. And then they took advantage of it and just ne- always kept it at a certain level, and they never gave her a shot. And the times when they actually did give her a shot, she actually showed that she could actually like do a little bit more than uh, what they were expecting out of her. Like this year, like you think think of the the dog shit year that that Charlotte has had uh, in the last like year of her career, year and a half of her career. Like basically, from twenty one to to now, right? Now she's been in the ring. You look at like the number of when she used to have pretty, you know, consistently could have really good matches to even great matches. You look at it, you count up like the really good to great match she's had in this year when she was around. Like it's it's, it's that, that that second um Ronda match this year. 
uh, the was some was it a submission match or I quit match? Yeah, I quit. And I quit match with Ronda, and then like the match she had with Naomi. That was the only two she got. Yeah, she's been she's been dog shit for like almost two years now, uh, compared to like her her pre- prior level of work, um, and like is to see her become that level of wrestler. And then they never they you know that that kind of like ability that that kind of look distinct and all that stuff. It's like okay, save save me the bullshit. Going viral and shit. Right. It's like okay, save me the bullshit. I know what this is. You don't want to push this woman because she's a dark skinned black woman. No matter yep. if she's fine as fuck. It doesn't matter. If, it, it doesn't matter if she she had, she has all that. It, all I'm not even going into the details. <laughs> It doesn't, it doesn't matter that like it doesn't matter that like she has fucking abs at all times, and then you can also and then she also has like the curvature, whatever else. Bro, who doesn't fucking love her? Children love her. Right. Women love her. Right. Men love her. Old people love her. Everybody loves because Naomi. of the aesthetics in the music, and yeah. that's what I'm getting at. And like she, you know, they gave her like the two title shots, 2017. That they always saw her as a utility player, or whatever else. And then like now that she's um. Now that she's in the tag team, it's like she's really getting her shot. She's actually with somebody that actually is the number fucking one. And then they like, they killed it off because, oh, it's two black women. We don't, why do we give a fuck about this? And it's like, all right, you want to play? Like, I'm gone. Like, you have taken my my uh, my politeness and my kindness and my professionalism for granted for too long. And like, to see like, um, people, you know, kind of like treated like, Sasha has brainwashed this grown ass woman who's older than Sasha. That's fucking wild. Like, look, I'm sorry. I seriously doubt this is some KD Kyrie shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> so yeah, man. I guess for unless y'all got uh, more to say on the on the Naomi side of it, like I, I, you know, like for me, she's an automatic take if she was AEW. I think we, I think we good. But um, yeah, WWE smearing Sasha and Naomi on the way out. You can get the fuck out of here. Hell yeah, Jeremy. Step up to the plate, <laughs> my brother. All right. So I got the, the last pick in the first round. As you should. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Jeremy's the nicest of all four of us. What the fuck? <laughs> like, like, I'll come out here and put people on the summer dress screen on Twitter and treat them like shit. Nah. Jeremy would never do this shit like that. <laughs> this man's been number one pick many times. I've never been number one. This is your turn. Oh, well, he hating. That's all <laughs> Hey, <laughs> jealousy. So I was looking at this list, and we were talking before we record. Like, you know what? There's not a ton of stuff that I'm super passionate about, like I was past years. Oh, but oh, I think I know what you're picking. But there is one thing on here that oh, caught my eye. Bring his ass to the stage, Jeremy. That I need to light up. I need to light this man up. Carl Anderson, <laughs> Machine Gunka, bring your bitch ass to the stage. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. This Let's man This man had the nerve to come into Shinny Han to come in the Cerulean Blue. And come mail it in. Bro, this man has had some of the most mid horrible matches appearances in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Oh this man has been freaking coasting off of that 2012 G1 final with Kazushka Okada. Bro, that was 10 years ago. <laughs> that's when you I met Rich and James. Like, what is going on? That, this that's man, when I met Rich and James. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
this man, and I guess a shout out to him on this point. This man was able to finesse, uh, you know, Obari and Gato, Kadani, all, all these guys to give him a contract to come up here to do these uh, few appearances and show. Oh, we're gonna bring it back. You know. Carl Anderson, you know, Bull Club is Brother, back. brother, brother. Yeah, brother, brother. <laughs> he, he's a 21, you know, G1 finalist. He's a top uh, foreigner, top guy, whatever you want to call it. Like, bro, that was 10 years ago, and these guys got finesse to give him these, these big money deals. And then what does he do? He comes out here, and they cut off one of the hot babies, acts, Tamatonga. Tamatonga oh is my finally, finally getting over, finally doing something great. What do they do? They, they have him lose a belt in a, in a mid-ass match to Carl Anderson. Then what happens? Carl skips out on the G1. Doesn't even have the, you know, the, the guts to show up and finish on that. And then what happens after that? Oh, then uh, he... Shout out to Double J and Kenny Omega, both wrestling on the AEW Dark Tables. Can't oh, wait to see it. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and, and, this is unhinged. And then this man shows up and wrestles the ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi. <laughs> this man lowering Tanahashi's cage match average by coming out here and having a, a barely three-star special with one of the best freaking pro wrestlers of all time. And then they have the nerve. And then, <laughs> and then add to the list. He, he gets signed by Furthermore. <laughs> he gets signed by WWE. Fine. And New Japan still wants to work things out. Twerking for him. They false advertise this man and turn it into an angle. Like, oh yeah, I'm bright lights. I, I don't I only show up for the for the big paydays, the big money. And what do they do? They go out here uh last week for the, the tag league finals against Hikaleo, another young up and coming guy who's been getting better year after year and got a good momentum. What do they do? They feed Hikaleo to Carl Anderson in one of the worst New Japan <laughs> matches that I've ever seen that I've started watching every single show. This was the laziest fucking performance I ever <laughs> seen. He came out there and mailed that this is a shit church. in. This is a church-going, God-fearing yes. individual. You got me using the app for yes. Carl Anderson. For, for, what the fuck, <laughs> bro? Forgive me for anybody who's listening. I'm sorry if I'm setting a bad example, but, but make sure you guys pay for this. Yes, I cannot stand this shit. This man oh, comes out. I spend my good time, my free time, watching and reviewing every single New Japan show, and this bald-headed motherfucker has the nerve. You can see your real thing, but hold on, I'm right here, goddammit. <laughs> As a nerve to come out here oh my with God. these whack ass performances and give these lazy ass matches. Like, bro, I don't care who you are. You don't deserve your paycheck. You don't deserve the step in a cerulean blue. This was horrible. Like, oh my God. Bro, I'm holding my head because I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> it's hurting. Jeremy, what happened? My head is hurting, bro. Oh my god. This is the best half of the week. Oh my god. And I caught a straight in the last year. How are you bald headed motherfuckers? Where'd my hair go? Hey, hold on, I gotta check. Hold on, motherfucker, do you not see my scalp? I'm right here in front of you. What the fuck? 
Oh my god! I'm sorry, I wasn't trying to bury you. I'm just trying to come at this man. Here's here's the other thing too. It's like okay, let's say Carl Anderson shows up in in the G1. That would have made shit so much worse. Yeah, that would have made shit so much worse. Oh like, let, let him keep that never championship and never fucking appear. Like, right, bro. The never title. One of the titles that has the best defenses, the best matches since we've been watching oh New my Japan. Oh, true. Literally, no, we, we crapped on evil. I think Carl Anderson is the worst New Japan champion in the last decade. Oh, Maybe, Damn. bro, Whoa. maybe ever. He's, Whoa. like, got to be a top five candidate across the Bob board. Sapp. He's as bad as Bob Sapp. Bro, give me evil. At least give Bob Sapp was a fucking draw. Seriously. That's true. That's true. And you know what? Bob Sapp was kind of fun. You can watch his matches, and it's like, okay, this, this is, is a freak show yeah, shit. Yeah, freak show shit. You're like, yeah. you know what? This is terrible, but... Is Bob Sapp? He's 350 pounds, genetic freak. It's kind of crazy. What is Carl Anderson? He's just a mid ass motherfucker who doesn't do shit. Like he just Carl showed- Anderson is just a pro wrestler who is white. Stop no, this. No. <laughs> you know what Carl Anderson is? Carl Anderson is the dude when you turn on a wrestling game and you start to make your creator wrestler and you haven't done shit to him yet. The default. And he's just default. He that's called Cody, you know that's him. Like to be honest with you, at this point in this stage in the game, being um. Thinking pro wrestling, like for me, when I think of people that are like, hey, what does this person bring to the table that I'm missing, like on screen? Because this person doesn't pop at all, or whatever. This person seems to be quite like average. Like, it then comes to my mind, it's like, oh, okay, this person, this person has a hookup for drugs. Like, that's the only explanation. Bro, you, there's no, you there's no explanation. Like, the good brother, like, the good brother, okay, okay. Bro, <laughs> we know that man is holding cocaine for somebody. <laughs> Oh, and it man. may not be even who he's necessarily related with, like on screen. It might be somebody else. Like I'm not even gonna say his name, see, but see, y'all, uh, you guys throwing out allegations. I'm gonna start naming people he's connected to. Let's, <laughs> let's connect some dots here. This man, and, and it's crazy. Like he's like turned this into getting this big WWE contract. He was working in AW before being a part of all that shit, like trios matches with Kenny, the five on five match. Like how, with, how did he end up in AEW to begin with? How did he end up in AEW to begin with? Like, cause he's, he makes all the best friends. That man's a political fucking mastermind. No, well, yes, but I was meant like the part where like they, they had to cut them because these idiots gave them like 90 Shawn Michaels money. Yeah, and then they had to be like, "We're giving them what? We're giving them three quarter million dollars? <laughs> him and Gallows fire them. <laughs> Get them niggas out of here. These guys they stole money from WWE. They stole money from AEW. They stole money from New Japan. They stole money for Impact. Like, this it's ridiculous. And then and then these motherfuckers will go on was Fight TV and then do yes. the Scrapper Mania Steal, shit. And steal like, money from Fight TV. They're like, hey, we're going to pay per view. We're 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 telling you on the front end. These are gonna be terrible fucking matches, and people will, and then people go buy the shit. Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> Not me, cause I'm a smart. I bootleg that bitch ass. Bootleg, boot, bootleg. Oh my god! Uh, amid, oh, amidst, Tampa, Tampa. Amidst, don't ask me any questions. Oh it's Tampa. It's, it's a Tampa thing. Amidst all of that, there was always this one mythical, untouchable aspect of Carl. It's like, okay, he'll work these guys. He'll work these guys. He'll work these guys. But when he steps in the cerulean blue. There's a respect. There's a reverence. G1 Carl Anderson. The, the, right. These are the guys that gave him their uh, his first opportunity. He loves them. He's going to really try. That guy has put in 
literally he put in more effort in Saudi Arabia than he did in <laughs> in Tokyo. Like, what the fuck is going on? And, and now fuck this dude, this man had a, a Tokyo Dome match uh, against Taron Tonga, and I bet you it's in the middle of the card. He's gonna come out there just like he did uh, this the tag league final in a t shirt. <laughs> And stroll his way down there, you know, and walk through a three star match and not get Tamatonga over. And, and you know what? Like that's the thing. I think they're they're he's pitching it to them. He's like, "This is great heat. They're gonna want to see Tama beat my ass." And then he's gonna go in there and put in no effort, barely put him over, and then go back to WWE. And everyone, and then Tama's not gonna be any better off than he was. Yeah, in May when he was the fucking never champion. Before he beat Jay White in the G1. He, he made Tama a LeBron James bum of the week at the Tag League Finals. Tama came out, oh called this man out, fought him, and lo- and got gun stunned. And got, got left Damn. right out. Oh, he left on the park. Tama went for the gun stun. Carl got out of it and then gave his own gun stun. Right. After he just got done wrestling Hikaleo. Yep. The bright lights. Jesus. Bright lights. Oh, Fuck my. this, dude. Yeah. Machine Gunka, Carl Anderson. You can get the fuck, fuck out of here. Well, Jeremy, run it back. Fifth pick. Oh, oh yeah, I got the... the oh, <laughs> I thought I was going next. I was like, all right. I had, one, I had one ready to go. <laughs> all right, let's see here. So for the, the second pick, or the first pick in the second round, uh, I'm going to go with spooky shit in professional wrestling. Oh my god. That was so my that was my uh There's so much stuff. my suggestion. There's so much stuff that y'all haven't even seen that I've seen in Joshi. <laughs> oh my god. Nobody watches Joshi. Oh my god. <laughs> Tell me so much. Oh my oh. gosh. Man, I, I you know, as a kid where, where do we start? As a kid, we grew up with The Undertaker. We had Papa Shango. Uh you know, we we had a, a lot of, of Dungeon of Doom. Yes, we Kane. had we had a lot of mythical vampiro, you know, yes, you know, spooky individuals, the who brood have, who have powers, you know, the the, bo- the boogeyman, you know, sting. <laughs> <laughs> that man out there with a bird, are you? <laughs> a vulture, a whole vulture on you, boys. Oh my God! Think about like this, right? His gimmick is the crow. He has a ra- he has a fucking vulture on his on his person. Uh, like why is it not? No, no. Okay, all right. Because it was like that Whatever. giant. It was like that giant Graham two thousand. They couldn't call it the the crow, so they had to be like El yeah. Tigre. Yeah, can't yeah. do Tiger Mask. No, the problem is there's no working crows out there. You know, the, no, the vultures don't no work. No working crows, but working vultures definitely. Right? <laughs> Voted on to work, you know. Oh my god, we've gotten to real. Oh my god, but anyway, we grew up with a lot of spooky folks in wrestling, and you know what? It, it, I get it. You know, for kids, you know, they they, they like that. But we've caught. But fought them kids. <laughs> but we've seen that pro wrestling is really geared towards adults. We see the the demos that are watching professional wrestling. We know the people who are in charge of booking professional wrestling, and they still want to come out here and roll roll out all this spooky stuff. We got Bray Wyatt out here on Fox, on the Fox Network, talking to himself as another character (laughs) that has powers. and Finessing. And, and, you know, House of Black, we got those guys, These you know, these gothic, you know, cult leader, whatever. It's like, I, I'm over it. Like, why? If you want to be, like, dark and broody, fine. But 
No more teleporting. You know, no more sacrifices. No more magic. Yes, no more magic in professional wrestling. Like, you can target kids without having to make mythical, magical characters that, you know, transport from the back to the ring um, by just turning the lights off. Like, no, this is stupid. Okay, so I'll, I'll go. I'll go, and I'll get out of the way. Because, like, for me, personally, um, that stuff does not bother me as much as, like, uh, the way they use the quote-unquote spooky magic. It's like, okay, if you're going to go there, then go there in a way that would make sense, right? Like, if it's you... It's, like, amazing. Yeah. Like, if you're going to do... Like, and just as far as the rules of, of the powers, whatever else, right? So... We had the NXT match between uh, Alba Fire and Isla Dawn. Oh my gosh! Right where she, where like Isla Dawn was uh, was being put away by uh, by sorry Isla Dawn's being put away by Alba Fire, and then like the rep goes to count, and then like the and then like Isla while being incapacitated for a three count like controls the ref to like then puke up some type of like black goo out of his mouth as opposed to count the three fall. Yeah. Okay. If you have those particular powers, why will you not you why will you use them on the ref as opposed to your fucking opponent? And why wouldn't you use it at the beginning of the match? Right. And and, and, and that's the thing, right? Like uh, and this happens in like Marvel movies where it's like, okay, this person is a is a is has all these magical powers, like Thanos when he has the Infinity Gauntlet. Mm-hmm. And then he decides like I can I, I can control reality, space, time, uh I have a power gym, all that kind of stuff. And then, like, he decides at certain times, like, I'm just going to go punch somebody. It's like, but you control space, time, and reality. <laughs> Why the fuck are you punching anyone, you fucking moron? Right. So, like... That, that'd be like holding a gun and then fist fighting somebody. So, so, like, like, just shoot them. Right, so that's the reason why, like, uh, the first Doctor Strange mo- match, uh, sh- uh, movie, like, it worked for me was where it was, like, how he was able to defeat Darmammu was, like, I'm going to put you in an end of the time loop every time you kill me, and I'll, I'm willing to die thousands of deaths. But every time you're stuck in this lock, you're, for, you're stuck here, you'll never be able to advance. You're just going to kill me over and over and over again. He tricked them because he knew he was overmatched. Like, but that is magic. And that's, a, that's the beauty of magic. It's like, I can't, I can't beat this person, but I was able to trick them, so therefore he gives up and he goes the fuck away. Like, that's, 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 that's the smart part about it. Mm-hmm. This, like, that's the way you're supposed to use that sort of stuff. Like, you can use it like in a similar way to like how heels get heat. Like the way they use this stuff in certain times implemented is like I don't have a problem with, it, but you implemented it in these in these awful ways. Like Dean Ambrose having a fucking big screen blow up in his face because the Bray Wyatt is a fucking <laughs> wizard is fucking absurd. Yeah. So y'all y'all can take it from there. Listen, like it's kind of like this. Like okay, you you have let's break it down. Wrestling, professional wrestling at its core is fake choreographed simulated fights between individuals okay that's the whole entire basis of what wrestling is and i know that it's an art form that takes many shapes and forms and can mean a lot of different things to a lot of people whether it's the you know opera or the drama or the promos or the characters the outlandish you know blah 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 or if it's the violence and the actual visceral or the flips or whatever it is you know it has never drawn any actual real money in the history of wrestling <laughs> the spooky ass shit the only people who like that stuff oh go ahead james like is undertaker the only person that's ever really drawn like that has he ever actually really drawn uh he's been a main inventor I, like as far as when, being the number when, one draw uh-huh you know when he was a draw 
when he stopped being a spooky motherfucker and got on a fucking motorcycle. I would say I would say like you say the the new generation era. He was a he was a top draw for a very very brief period. But I'm gonna say like my my whole point about this like he's the exception. Everybody else is not that right. But the reality is, even if you look at his career, the 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 career heights of his of his character are when he wasn't actually doing anything that was spooky. It wasn't when he was shooting lightning. It wasn't when he was. What was he doing with Austin '98? Wasn't he in the, wasn't he in the middle of like the, the I mean he was he was attached to Austin so he Austin was, attached was to Austin you know but it still did that buy rate it's not it's not it still did that buy rate. we're getting Bob done in this like they did a gigantic buy rate in, in ninety eight SummerSlam that like I don't think it was I think that was the biggest buy rate he ever did yeah but you and know I what? think he was doing that spooky shit then uh, kind of but you know what the deal was he was a badass from Texas who happened to cosplay as a dead man fighting another badass from Texas and that's what the highway to hell was really really about <laughs> the, the reality is guys like this shit doesn't draw and it hasn't drawn in literally almost a decade with Bray Wyatt. It hasn't done shit with, you know, you look at the, uh, the house of black three, of the most talented dudes in the industry. And they're so bogged down in all of this mythos and all of this fucking lore. Like I'm so sick. Of- I, I'm glad that they've like hard kind of switched out of the initial presentation of that because like, I think anytime AEW has like dipped their toe into the spooky water, it has, it not, has not fucking gone well. Yeah. It didn't work with Matt Hardy. It, it didn't work with Dark Order. It didn't Brandy. work with whatever Brandy Road shit was. It hasn't worked with uh, this shit either Abaddon. with House of Black. Abaddon. Abaddon. That, that's, that shit sucks. It's really... Now, here's the thing. But Bray Wyatt is coming out here stealing fucking money. Uncle Howdy. Yeah. Have, have, we, mean, have we like really like dug into Bray Wyatt yet? Bro, this is a guy who literally... like was the hottest thing in the wrestling industry for about two or three weeks just based off of QR codes, based off of the White, White Rabbit, Rabbit and Jefferson Airplane, and literally has gone from that to, like, popping numbers for not wrestling to literally, like, not wrestling anybody and also not drawing shit and also not doing shit, and he's feuding with, I guess, his own self or his own brother or maybe his own uncle. It's hard to really decipher, and you know what it's doing? Nothing. It's not drawing any money. It's, it's not getting doing- him under eventually because eventually what we've always said on One Nation Radio, ultimately this shit is about a match and the Bray Wyatt rings. cannot de- deliver in a fucking match. Like they're coming out here and they're eating all these innings and he's doing everything he can to avoid wrestling. It has been fucking months since <laughs> he showed up. What is happening? I- I'll tell you, I'll tell you the, the fan who actually loves this stuff and it's, it's a dirty little secret. There is a subsect of fans that who literally ironically love the spooky shit because it's so fucking bad that it's actually more entertaining than what they typically book in a WWE program that they're like, this is ironically bad. I'm going to enjoy it like a fucking David Lynch film. And that's who actually loves it. And they're like, this is what wrestling should be. They don't even like the matches. They just want to see people be made a fool of. That's who actually likes this stuff. So, Josh, you can fill me in on this. Have you you watched in Twin Peaks before, right? Oh, I love Twin Peaks. Right. So like early on, I, I uh the early earlier Bray Wyatt stuff, right? Like I've always made my 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 allusions to like he is he basically like is the um JJ Abrams of, of this shit, like where whether it's lost or it's the beginning of the Star Wars stuff is like everything is a mystery box. And everything is, and there's no, you never get any answers. Everything is, it's set up. Nothing ever is to, to deliver a middle or in, especially an end. Right. Right. Um, you know, then you will hear about like the, uh, the Twin Peaks, like comparisons with Bray Wyatt. 
And like, I actually like recently just heard about like someone's synopsis of of a Twin Peaks is like, it's something that's interesting and fun, and like you get into the scenery and the characters. But when you think about like what is the actual like action or the actual actionable things that happen during that show, there's nothing fucking going on. And like, kinda yeah. And then when I and then I was like, oh, that's why I get so that's why people compare us to Bray Wyatt because that's exactly what that is. (laughs) Because because he's absolutely a compelling promo. Uh, depending on what he's talking about, and the thing is, like, so I can see why people buy into his bullshit. But it's like, all right, when is it? When is it come time to have a match, have a program, whatever else is going to give you a, satisfy, a satisfying conclusion or satisfying matches and lead through? And it's like, it's always just, it's it's always a failure. He might give you one, good, he might, you know, luckily give you one good match, but then by the time you get the second one, you're like, oh, I want out of this. I want to pull the cord and get off this bus. Um, if he's got the right guys for, pushing and, and him through, the, sorry. If he has the right guys push him through, like a Brian Danielson, right, right, right. It, pretty much only Danielson. Uh, and and now like we're at this point where he's now he's back. He's been back since like what pay per view was that when he came back? Was that uh, Extreme Rules? Extreme Rules. And now where are we now? In the calendar, it's been months, bro. I swear that shit was like in September, if I'm not mistaken. Bro, it was mad long, nigga. Bro. It's December, nigga. <laughs> like we not gonna, we're gonna get to 2023 before we get him in the ring. They might make his debut WrestleMania for all we fucking know. This wow. is the kind of shit that was tied to WCW, WCW in its dying days. This is the kind of shit that this was is tied Dungeon of Doom bullshit. Yep, it's the same stuff that was tied to Lucha Underground in its dying days. You know what this stuff does? It kills fucking wrestling companies. It kills fandom, and it kills the free will and spirit of wrestling fans. Like, it sucks. Look, I, I will say this, right? WWE, uh, their fans are very <laughs> much are very much different, and they're, they're so much larger than the average, what, what you call, like, like, people that really like pro wrestling. So, like, they're, they're obviously a subset for that. And, like, we've seen Bray Wyatt different, you know, points in his career be super over as fuck. Like, like when he started doing the, the Fiend thing, like, that was over as fuck. And, like, for me, when it comes to promotion when I'm watching, like, it, it may not be for me, but if, like, people are rocking with it, I, I will be like, okay, well, fine, whatever. It's not for me, but people are rocking with it. And, like, and you can go back and listen to our, our tape on, on the Bray Wyatt thing after he demolished uh, Balor. Like, yeah, crowds into it. Like, the, the remix of his music was fucking awesome and like came out with that with the, with the cool looking um you know um lantern and mask and all that I'm like fine fuck it go ahead right and then by the time we got to hell in the cell it was like oh no 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 you've already fucked this you already fucked this you only had a couple months with this you already fucked this if you it, know, if it was just about taste that would be one thing where we could be like this is just not for us but it's for a different fan but the reality is we already are clued into where it's leading. Like there's got to be a logical progression of the story. And it's like, you can't just be the kid that shows up to play make believe with all the other kids and be like, I beat all you guys. Cause I say, so fuck you guys. That's, <laughs> I got all the magic. I have all the magic and you guys have no powers. That's what the fiendism was. He's literally fe- done that. Do you remember He's done the, it multiple, multiple times? The number one for me, the, the, I remember this fucking 2017, Going into going into going into going into uh, Bray Wyatt WWE Champion versus versus Randy Orton. Randy Orton gets the keys to the castle. He goes to the grave side of Sister Abigail and burns that fucker to the ground and then hits his fucking pose right. And then like a, and then and then Bray Wyatt and then Bray Wyatt is in the ring crying or, or rolls out the ring crying on the floor and it and it go off the show. Jeez. The next week or two weeks later, it was in blackface. I'm, I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. And then the very 
like the very next week or something like that, Bray Wyatt shows up at the place, at the, allegedly at the place where like the ashes of, of the uh, of the gravesite. And he rubs, he grabs soil, and he rubs on his face and black face, and he says, like, I have the power because I put on this black face. That's basically what he fucking said. And then he shows up, like, a week or two later, where he, him and some goons grab by Randy Orton, and he grabs a fucking cross, a crucifix, that they call a crucifix. And I'm like, wait, so you, you lost the, the Okay, so... Y'all just playing make believe. Y'all are playing like y'all are playing like childhood on the like magic on the, like like look. I beat you. I shot you. No, you didn't. Blah blah blah. And I was like, yo, I'm done. I'm done. Like there gotta be rules to this shit. If you're gonna be magical, fine. But like there are rules to magic. Like if you if you follow comic books, you read any type of like uh. Look, I don't watch none of that shit. I feel like I know there's a weakness for every person. There's weaknesses and rules. There's weaknesses and rules to all this shit. He doesn't play by any of that shit, and that's the reason why it's a problem. Bro, it just sucks. Literally, yeah. it doesn't draw money. It doesn't draw interest. You know what it does? It kills everything. Fuck him. Fuck them. And also, you know what? Fuck the House of Black, too. <laughs> but the, thing, the thing for me is, like, he draws interest initially because it's always a setup. It's always a new mystery box. But he, then He can always give you a, a day one or a chapter one or anything that. And you know what that sounds a lot like? Vince Russo. Like, yeah. that always sounds like, you know, he That's can give good. you a, a good first show or something like that. But then it's like, all right, well, where's this going? Well, I don't know. We're just going to switch it on the fucking drop of a dime. It's going to be a swerve, bro. Oh man, so spooky shit in professional wrestling can get, get the, the fuck, fuck out of here. That kicks it back to James. James. Oh wow. Okay, me. Um. So if you go to the FOH thread, I think Josh updated I've been the updating uh, it, even though I'm drunk. Other one, so you can Actually, pick from those. All right. Shout out to Zach. He got his pizza. I feel fine. Like shout I'm, out to fucking Zach. One 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 time for, out, for, for you know. I, I, I've been drinking all night, but I feel fine. This is like the most sober I've ever been on FOH. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I, I did two whole bottles of the Vintner's Red. Bro, you, right. you, you yeah. literally ran out of wine. You did two. Yeah, bro. Like, <laughs> I feel like I need more. What size are the bottles? 750 milliliters. All right, so I got the one, my one, my, the bottle I had was a 1.5. So we were, we're basically caught up. But okay. Drink, yeah. But like, yes, sir. Remember, like, I drank mine, like, from the time I got here. Like so, like I, 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 I've, I've caught you up. Even anyway, whatever. Oh my god. Um, so, <laughs> um, do I want to do it? Yeah, let's do it. I'm not sure. Do it, bro. Ring of Honor <laughs> in AEW. At first, it like when when um when they announced that he had bought that Tony Khan had bought Ring of Honor, I thought. Like at first, like this doesn't seem as big of a deal to to me as it as the way the crowd is reacting to it, um, but they're into it, so whatever. Um, and you know, like they had on that roster at the time, people that I thought were going to come over, like like they did actually come over, like people like Gresham, people like Lethal, um, people like um, Dragon Lee, Roosh, what have you. I was like, okay, yeah, I, I want to see all of them wrestle some of the AEW talent. Um, that's cool. And then like. They kept showing up, and then they kept bringing some of the some of the some of like the under in my opinion the undesirables for AEW crowd. That I mean, some of them actually like, despite my opinion of them, have gotten over the AEW crowd almost every time. Like Dalton Castle, I, I despise his work, I, I I hate it, but like people love him. Whatever it is, what it is. So I so I, I'm just wrong on that. Um, 
But they just kept becoming a thing, and it, and it kept coming at the expense of like, damn, bro, like when's the last time you seen Dante Martin in a singles match? Damn, bro, when's the, <laughs> damn, bro, when's, uh, like Sammy Guevara seems to only wrestle like once a month. Damn, Miro. where's Dar? Where's Darby? And every time I ever seen him, he's only losing matches. Where's Miro? You know, and all that kind of stuff. And it led to them doing the pay per views. And the pay per views, like I'm not knocking the pay per views. Pay per views are enjoyable. I've enjoyed every RH pay per view that uh, that they've done this year that I've seen. Um, those two that I've seen. Uh, uh so that'll be the uh, final battle, and also what was the one in the middle of the year? Yeah, Death Force Honor. I've enjoyed both of them. I thought they were both borderline great pay-per-views. So I have no knocking against that. But then they sacrifice all of that, and ultimately at the end, Tony Khan, gets, when, 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 when it's time to answer the question, is like, so what's going on with the TV? Well, let me Uh-oh. tell you about that. <laughs> goes on some diatribe for and some rant, or not rant, that's not the wrong word, but like goes on and, and filler busters, and ultimately it's lets you upon letting you know, we ain't got no TV deal, bro. <laughs> and, it ain't work. And it's like, yo, so you mean to tell me that, like, <laughs> the marquee stars in AEW uh, that were, you know, taken off, uh, moved to the side or whatever else, to, to then, like, try to get over these ROH stars on AEW television to then buy an ROH pay-per-view did not work, as opposed to if you just ran... Um, AW. More fucking AEW pay per views. Those would sell like five times those fucking numbers. What am I missing here? Like, yeah. I, look, I look buying the buying the DVD or, or buying Honor Club or buying the the streaming site. I get that. Um, Kinda or the library. <laughs> I get that, but doing all this, it was a hell, bro. How the fuck? Are we about to get a streaming service for some shit that nobody wants to buy? Like, how the fuck do we get a streaming service for ROH and not AEW, which is the shit that we've been fucking asking for forever? Yeah. It's kind of like this, okay? It's sort of like people talk about how great ROH was and its history. and it's- My nigga, that was 2007, nigga. Like- <laughs> Bro, it was... Er- that's true, but it was like earlier than that. Like it's like it was like oh five, oh four, oh three. You know the real like it's it's basically like this. It's be, it's basically like let's say hypothetically WWE wasn't doing so hot, right. and you bought it today. And what people really loved about WWE was the Attitude Era. But then you start putting like Dolph Ziggler on the tape. Uh, uh, you know, <laughs> it's always Dolph Ziggler <laughs> or whoever the fuck. But yeah, like Dolph Ziggler and like Cody Rhodes and people like that. And you're like, this is WWE. It's like no, this we is want- the first time we've mentioned Cody Rhodes. It's like we on want- this show. It's like we want Austin. We want The Rock. And it's like, nah, you're gonna get like gender. That's <laughs> oh my. <laughs> and it's like, bro, Tony, you're smarter than this. You know that like people don't actually want. Like ROH from the past like four years. Otherwise, we would have been paying for ROH from the past four years. You know what we wanted from ROH? The dudes that you already got. The fucking (laughs) fucking elite. elite. (laughs) What do you think the name of the company is? All Elite Wrestling. Guess where they came from? Ring of Honor. You got them, bitch. Put on fucking Ring of Honor. You you got the elite. You got SCU. uh, You you got Bandito. Like, you got all the top draws from, from Ring of Honor when it was hot. Like, you got... What? What are you doing here? Yeah. 
he's trying to do this thing, and I've sat on this conspiracy oh, oh, no. theory, oh, no. and I've only talked about it with Josh in the past. Let's be clear, I'm not this encouraging can't be, this. No, this can't I, be fucking good at all. I don't, I don't agree with I, this. I, I think this is kind of a low stakes one. I don't think this all is right, like. Go ahead, go ahead. You know anything that's like you already know this bad because he said I, I discussed this and shit with Josh, not James or Jeremy. This shit gonna, he's like, I did this with somebody that I think will, will buy into whatever praise shit I got to say. Go ahead. Yeah, here's, here's where you know. Here's where you know it's bad is that I've, I've counseled this man and said I don't agree with you I don't think this is right So so like you know TK wants to, wants to do his No elite wrestling like he wants To have this successful brand Outside of being Associated with the elite Like and he wants to do this thing on the side And we saw how successful It was now like no, man, like, the reason why we came is A-E-W. Bitch. Like, we did not come for 2005. Nigel McGinnis is now walking through that door. <laughs> Samoa Joe in 2005 is not walking through that door. AJ Styles is not walking through that door. Loki is not walking through that door. Tyler Black is not walking through that door. <laughs> Kevin Steen not walking through that door. El, El Generico <laughs> not walking through that door. Davey Richards, Austin Aries, all these. That's just over, bro. We're in a new time. Hero. Chris Hero not walking through that door. Kings of Wrestling not walking through that door. He might. He might. I'm holding out for him. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just joking. Okay, okay. And I, I, I get it, TK. I loved ROH 2. I, I watched, you know, I, I bootleg. Keep it. I, I don't even <laughs> think it's a bad thing for him to have it. Yeah, I'm glad he got the tape library that, you know, he's, you know, doing stuff. Where you can do a lot of DVDs with the guys you have. But to waste TV time. Trying to, you know, put Dalton Castle on. In a wrestling war. Yes. (laughs) You're spending time putting Dalton Castle and the boys on TV when you mentioned, like, where's Top Flight? Where's Miro? Where is Darby Allen? Like, where are all the guys that are, you know, great and you have under contract and in your brain? Where's Hangman Page? Yes. Like, there was a lot of time and resources that were thrown into Ring of Honor. For a minimal number of buys, and I get it. You you're a big wrestling fan. You want to do your your little projects. I hey, get it. And you tried to finesse uh, D- uh Warner Brothers WBD and shit yeah. with this shit with the Ring of Honor. And bro, I don't blame you for trying to finesse because finessing is not inherently a bad thing, right? Right. But when it fails, we gotta bring you to the stage. <laughs> yeah, and, and like James mentioned, you know, had they done. AEW death before dishonor and just built it up with AEW a full AEW with the paper. same fucking cards. Yes, it, the it, same people, the same cards, the same name, just AEW. It, it would have gotten you know the the hundred and what twenty buys they do versus what the thirty five thousand buys you, they did. Even if it, even if they, like people saw them as lesser cards, they still would have done way more. They would have done like, more business. Mel, and like Meltzer on the front end before the show happened was he like said trying it. to tell him like, look, bro. If you just name this shit AEW and put a hype and put a semicolon before that shit and then and then moved on to AEW or it's like Real Honor blah blah blah, it will sell more. He just kept doing this shit and it fuck and it ended up costing him. When when you got a brand that's tied to PCO and Roosh and Jonathan <laughs> Gresham as your last champions, like what do you expect? You know, hey bro, I knew that Jonathan Gresham shit wasn't going to hit on nothing. 
for years. Oh my god! <laughs> hey, bro, I'm I'm not even going going to say it. Listen, like here's the thing: I I don't I don't blame Tony for stepping in and purchasing ROH right. in, in that the 11th hour. That was great. Yes, yeah. I also don't even blame him for trying to run it as a separate brand if that's what you wanted to do. That's fine. I get it because we've seen the cyber fight, like we've seen uh, Bushi Road with right. multiple promotions and shit. But the reality is, this you have gone ahead and you've sacrificed a large portion of AEW's television time, which is precious. They got three hours on television. Mm-hmm. For ROH, and it didn't draw shit. And at the end of the day, you gotta. You, you, this is a company that has a abundance of riches when it comes to talent, and a lot of those people, people are asking me like, "What's Darby doing? I don't know. What's Miro doing? I don't know." And it's like, but you know, they, they got to bring back the kingdom. Right, right, <laughs> and, and like, look, no, no, knocking against the kingdom because the kingdom had a great pre-show match with, with Top Flight, right? Um, on on the last pay per view, they're great. And the thing is, like, but at the expense, Darby. but they at the expense of someone like Hook for weeks, where he's like not doing shit until this week. Like, come on, what are we doing? Like, what are your where, where are your priorities? The reality is, you know, the people determine it. It, it it's it's a market that's driven by you know demand. And no one was asking to watch more ROH. Otherwise, we would have been watching more ROH. Right. It, we it, we wanted ROH economics. to be big when the elite was there. Right. They had an opportunity. They fucking missed it. New Japan had an opportunity. They fucking missed it. Guess who missed? Guess who didn't miss it? Tony Khan. And you know who else didn't miss it? The elite. And they gave it to us. And we want that. So give us fucking AEW. That's what people want to watch. They want to watch AEW. You want to want you wonder why Friday nights are tanking? <clears throat> no elite wrestling will never work. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty simple. It's not that hard, man. Yeah. Like we've seen people steal and try to recreate Re- Ring of Honor to various like degrees. Like we it, saw, worked, it worked with NXT we, though. We saw NXT exactly. That's that's what I'm about to bring it up. Like I was like, yo, you, 2014 2018 a lot of the the stuff they were doing from taking the ring of honor guys putting them in it worked and then even that at at the end of the day there was a time where it was like all right it's time it's time to move on like i i appreciate the updated logos i appreciate you know the effort like of bringing in like a priest coleman and ian Riccoboni and stuff like that like these guys are positive ads like Hell, Jericho is the champion was a success. I feel like like it wasn't like necessarily his fault yeah, that, yeah. that that they didn't quote unquote get a deal or anything like that. And you know, they, do they have a chance to still make this thing successful with the streaming service? Sure, right. But what we evaluated success in the wrestling industry or TV in America are TV deals, and that's where the big money is. That's why WWE can book whatever the fuck they want and it everything's fucking okay and aw to a lesser extent most of it's okay because they have uh insulated deals to an extent but roh like you're trying to like sneak them through and it's like you're putting these like guys from aw like you're, you're taking aw guys and putting the roh stink on them like jericho's gotta wear that fucking buy rate like even though it was in the afternoon and shit like that you gotta wear that like, and I don't know if that's necessarily worth it. No one asked for this. That's yeah, it. No yeah, one asked for and it. Wants to tap, oh, you know, we're doing some of the best buy rates in Ring of Honor history. Who cares at this point? Like, you're doing, you're eclipsing, 
you know, two, three, four, five times that yes. with AEW. They were doing like 2,000 buys. It's like, what are you saying? Like, you're, you're doing the best, like, this out. The best ROH buy rates and the worst AEW buy rates of all time. Like, what are we talking right. about? Right. It's like, no, like no, no one's coming up to Rossi and have Rossi say, hey, our new blood, our new blood shows. They sell, they get 400 people in the building every single time. We, like, if New Blood was his own thing, it would be, like, a top four or five judge promotion. No one's saying that. We're just saying, hey, this is Young Girl Showcase. That's over there. We do that shit over there. It's on YouTube. Watch it. He's not coming out here talking about the next deal or whatever else uh, for a setup for that. He's like, no, nah, man, these are shows to do. And, like, he tried to treat it like a separate brand and, like, Kudos to you for how to have the ambition, but ultimately it was it was it wasn't going to work unless you had like some different like, unless you actually like had designated ROH only talent that were like you were going to draft or whatever else, and then like then you get yourself into a weird situation where you're like Raw and SmackDown. You don't want that. You yeah. don't want any of those problems. Make, they're trying to make that work. You don't want any of those problems. So it was going it was going to be destined to fail. All right, let's wrap it up. ROH and AW, you can get the. Fuck out of here. All right, so I think Rich is up. I think I am up next. Man, I think I've got to pick a certain thing here because <laughs> I'm looking at the list. I'm looking at the list, and I'm like, all right. List. You know, could I shoot on the bloodline? Sure, but... Could I shoot on CYN? I know yeah, it, I, that, I, that could be easy I know what he's going to pick. But, man, I've been seeing a lot of sucker-ass niggas out here. I'm going to draft with the pick of round two. Wrestling Media Grifters. Oh, mm. I didn't think you were going that way. <laughs> I hate these people <laughs> that have worked in wrestling that have no idea how wrestling in 2022 works. Every time I read a Booker T quote, I'm fucking embarrassed. I loved Harlem Heat. I loved when he was the five-time TV champion. I loved when he was the five-time WCW champion. And every time I see a quote from Booker T, it is it seems like He's just on another fucking planet. There are a lot of words I could describe Booker T with. I'm not going to do it. But y'all know what I'm thinking. Um, (laughs) And I think that not only Booker T, but people like Disco Inferno, Eric Bischoff, who is actually a smart individual, who actually plays the thing for what he wants to do in the smartest way, and I kind of respect it, right? However... Disco Inferno, I don't respect you at all. Oh. I think you are a dumb motherfucker. I think Lance Storm has, like, fallen victim into this shit where he's, like, he works for Impact, so there's something there, like, you know, that he does with AEW that's fucking weird. And we know that he did this thing, like, where he didn't understand why Moxley and Heyman were feuding. It's like, bro... Not only have you watched wrestling for more than 30 years, you've been in the business for more than 30 years, and you don't understand this. And didn't it seem like this week, like, particular on Dynamite, like, it was almost like, okay, well, let's do the thing where my, where we have Adam Page got this incredible hormone to explain it to Landstorm and Landstorm only. <laughs> Correct. 
And then we see all the grifters, and this ties in with asking terrible questions in those um, those press scrums, and then the stuff with Vincent Man, where they're handling him with kid gloves and afraid for access and doing what they got to do to get those super chats and and YouTube stuff. And maybe we don't have that like level of, of pressure, like in social suplex, where where we're kind of like we're not beholden to anybody, we're not a huge organization or anything, but we're gonna kick it to you for real. But these people. They, they want to keep their super chats. They want to keep their access. They want to get interviews with all these people. And the game is a game. I understand that that's what they got to do. But at the same time, we have to call them out. If we ever become those people, somebody will have to call us out one day for some shit like that. Because these people are grifting you and not only of your money, they're grifting you of the timeline and attention and everything like that. In our Discord, we have a, a grifter tweet section where we put absurd shit from regular Twitter accounts, news stories, different podcasters, anything like that. And I think some of the, the worship that they've done for WWE, especially in the fallout of, of Brawl Out, and they thought AEW was going down. They thought it was finished, essentially, right? And these guys have fired up you know essentially like hulk hogan i think since then i think they've done you know for all things considered they did a solid buy rate still on pay-per-view they got they got young people in the main event still still going through and you know they're gonna keep chugging along and it seems like it's gotten a little cold in wwe and you know all the stuff when triple h took over everybody was just jumping for joy to 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 not, to not you know cover this like an actual wrestling promotion they were covering this shit like oh my childhood is back oh my oh my fucking you know i everything i loved is fixed this man is out of here while wow, these were the same motherfuckers that were telling us that it ain't that bad with Vince what he was doing that he was coming out here and still giving us top quality quality professional wrestling i checked out of wwe mentally in 2017 you know, once they put the belt on Jinder Mahal, I knew we were somewhere else. And these people were looking around like shit was okay. And what they were doing, we're turning a blind eye to all this stuff with, with the Vince and the sexual assault stuff. And what they were doing, we're trying to undermine and, and, and cripple Tony Khan in every fucking uh, turn because he dared present something different from, from everything that they've known or they've grown up with uh, for, from Vince McMahon because there's only one way to do wrestling in America and stuff like that. When they see someone do something different, it bothers them and it challenges them to learn more about professional wrestling and view it from a war more worldly sense than they did. And they come out here and they say shit like uh, your boy from Forbes, where he's wishing and hoping and praying and creating shitty, absolute ass content about AEW and them being racist and shit like that. Like you want to do some some fuck shit, essentially, right? And and what they're doing is trying to find like minded individuals that are easily preyed upon, essentially. On One Nation Radio, on Keeping It Strong Style, we don't care if you like us or dislike us or, you know, and we're happy that you guys, you know, rock with us and stuff like that. But we're not going to fucking lie to you and try to come up with some some bullshit. You know, we we have our jokes and we have our quote unquote agendas and things like that. But we're never going to lie to you and try to like, 
you know, either steal your time, your money, or anything like that. We're going to come at you with an honest perspective. And I think a lot of these people in wrestling media have not been honest with you. They're coming out here and grifting you uh, of your energy and, and pretty much trying to poison the way that you view and consume professional wrestling. We will never, ever, regardless of how many drinks we have, <laughs> we will <laughs> never do that. And, dude... The, look back. We, were, we just talked about uh, Ring of Honor. You go back to that media scrum. The wrestling media sat in there and heard about this Honor Club thing and did not have the guts to say, "Oh, or well, why aren't you getting a TV deal? Were you able to negotiate outside of Warner Discovery?" Like there were so many questions. Like when is this Honor Club thing launching? Like there was no follow up. Yeah, people would be, "Oh, you know, Ring of Honor has such great momentum, and you do such a great work with Ring of Honor." Like. Dude, ask the hard questions. People are sitting in there at Triple H press conference uh, after the... Doing gimmicks along with them. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, calling Samoa Joe your highness and you know, the game, Mr. Game, the game. And like, like, what are you guys doing? Like, ask the hard... Like, we're supposed to be the wrestling media. Ask the hard-hitting questions. You know, and it, it you guys touch on really good points. I mean, the, the media scrums that have come up have been very damning. They've been very embarrassing. But it's the online twitter discourse it's the people that are willing to like twerk and fucking do all sorts of shit for these the, twerking it up yeah for twerk these. on timeline and this is why you got that t-shirt <laughs> that, that, that shit right there that, that's why you picked up that t-shirt that's why you got given that t-shirt this year oh my god there there and here's the here's the reality there's too many to name like it's to the point where it's like in our Discord, when it came to uh, topics to like uh, nominate, I nominated this topic like three times this year because I saw egregious shit from prominent quote unquote media members who were literally either lying or capping or coping. Like it, it's embarrassing. And then you kind of compare the the sort of behavior and the sort of writing and the sort of uh, looks that that come from wrestling media. You compare that to like say the actual journalism from like the wall street journal that's gone on with like the Vince right. man shit and, and it's <laughs> night and day. And I understand like a lot of these journalists, they're scared. They're going to lose their media credentials. They're scared. They're going to lose their access. They're scared that if they ask hard questions, they're not going to get their 10 minutes of interview with Roman Reigns or with Paul Heyman <laughs> so that they can put it behind a paywall so they can make a couple bucks or whatever the fuck it is. But the reality is, like once Dave Meltzer dies, I don't know what the fuck is going to happen to wrestling media because most of the people that are out there are not actual journalists. And it, it's kind of hilarious because that's the claim that quote unquote smart fans try, you know, the, the new era of like fed defense squatters try to make against Dave. They're like, Oh, he, he's, he's bought and paid. No, he's anything, but go yeah. and go and actually listen to this dude. This is actually, you know, he, he makes mistakes. I don't agree with all of his opinions, but as far as like actual journalists that exist in wrestling, he's of the highest degree. And there's a couple other, I could probably name, but like the people that you get your news from the people that you listen to, the people that you follow on Twitter are gimmicks. And jokes and people that are willing showing up in battle royals and shit on <laughs> WrestleMania weekend for substandard indie promotions and shit. They're yeah. they're the same people that are willing to take a shekel, take a dime, so that they could show up show on up a, on pre show on a pre show panel, so they can you know get some clout. But the the reality is, 
wrestling media is a fucking joke. And then all the old timers that are doing the podcasts and that are doing they're all- another wave of that shit. Oh like, my god, they're so fucking bad, bro. Like they're like, yo, Vincent Man's not around. However, this guy never reached out to me or whatever. So we're gonna figure out a way to rile up. Like it's right there. Like Cornet gave them a, a lot of the blueprint for a lot of this shit. And then you know your Dutch Mantels, your discos and <laughs> shit like that. Conan. Conan, Conan, Conan goes back and forth, but you know he he's almost. But that's because he's with disco, right? He's with disco, and, and you know Conan does like weird shit. And, and it's Jr. Weird because Conan's like friends with Jericho, so it's like it's weird. It's like, bro, like I understand the game is a game uh, <laughs> on a lot of this shit, right? Um, but like the 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 wrestlers that try to say these things to essentially tear down the business, and a lot of it tends to fall on towards AW because they don't ever want to like, they don't, do you notice that they don't ever do these things with WWE? I don't know if it's because it's not interesting or if AW is such a lightning rod it's that money. they do these things. It's money. There's, there, there's more money in tearing down the competition and building up WWE because they're the actual like market leader than there is to criticize them as they rightly deserve to be criticized time and time again. That, that actually hurts most of their like business so they just don't do it yeah and, and some of them are signing like legends deals and stuff like that so yeah there's this like is a, this is another astroturfing of like media to essentially influence like your you know someone that's, that's not paying as close attention and it's like who they, who are the good ones out there you got dave you got brian you got dave bixon's band like who else is out there there's a couple Sometimes Sean Ross Sapp, I guess. Sometimes Sean Ross Sapp. Yeah, but then Sean Ross Sapp would get himself into weird situations at the time. Like, right. So for him, like, so, like, I don't, as far as his opinion, I think he's pretty uh, spot on. But then he'll get himself a situation where it's like, bro, you, you are a newsbreaker. Do not start fucking tweeting out like uh, emojis of like you you know something or whatever else it is it, but or whatever else or uh oh like don't fucking tweet out uh oh what the fuck is wrong with you you're responsible tweet like, out the, the eyeball emoji it's because they want to make like, money can you imagine can you imagine it do you think Adrian Wojnarowski could get away with tweeting out fucking uh oh uh oh what's happening uh-oh. now uh oh uh oh what a party at Fucking Sean Serrania, like from uh, from Yahoo, just also tweet out like fucking like uh, the 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 like the, the the cringe emoji like three times and tweet it out. That's what he does sometimes. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah, and it's like playing to the audience and dipping in both sides, and maybe like he's ahead of like what we're trying to do. And like I rock with some people over on Fightful, and there are certain people I don't rock with on Fightful, and. Maybe this is what, you know, Sean, for example, has to do to run his business and stuff like that. And if that's, you know, what he feels he has to do, okay. However, when I look at that in conjunction to the guy who's ran wrestling media essentially for the last 40 years between Dave Meltzer and Wade Keller, it would not act like that. And it's it's unbecoming. I, I, I guess you could say that's a generational thing, but, like, for me, it's just, like, you are – playing a game of uh, you're playing like boys who cry wolf and it's like there are given given what we, what we know of him like there are stories he has just this you know he has you know uh what do you call it? uh he has uh he has a bunch of rods in the water right at all times with him 
You can't play that game. Like, it's irresponsible. And, yeah. I, and, I, and like, you know, I'm not even going to get into, like, the Sasha Banks thing that happened with him a couple years ago with the whole crying on the hotel floor shit or whatever yeah, else. You sure that was sad? That was sad. Okay, I'll right, take it back. Sorry, sorry about that. But like, it's just you can't you can't play like that. Like, look, man, you're t- you, you, like if you want to have a, a separate account to, to tw- tweet out your, your you know whatever funny thing you saw, blah blah blah, or or you want to tweet out something like that, cool. But like, you are the reason why you have that uh, job when it meant something. The reason why you had that blue check next to your name was because you're a newsbreaker. Mm-hmm. A reliable source, like that whole thing is like you're playing a game, and it's like I understand you're trying to build uh, build towards this page for the next fightful select drop or whatever else. But like, it, it was always going to be there. That don't build anticipation. Like that's like eventually after like um you know after a certain amount of time, like it's going to become some dimension returns on that. So like, chill out. Like it's not worth that. I agree. So um, I I think we should wrap it up here. Wrestling media. Uh, grifters and several other corny sounding motherfuckers can get the fuck out of here. We didn't even talk about Jim Cornette and that whole entire thing. Oh my god! <laughs> hey man, fuck Jim Cornette fuck with Jim a Cornette. sick dick. Like, <laughs> um, all right, James, so- all you. No, it's me. No, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, I drafted last. Yeah, so then yeah. I'm the I'm I'm the last. Oh, okay. Went to you, then me, then Josh. Yeah, yeah. yeah so Josh. Josh the last pick in the second round. Let's go. All right. So after my pick, we will go into a lightning speed round where we each draft something and shoot on it and then move on. But uh, for the final pick of the second round of the 2022 FOH draft, I am drafting the Bloodline, a.k.a. the greatest wrestling storyline in the history of WWE. All right. Come to the stage. I'm slowly backing out. I'm sorry, Tanya. I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> All right, listen. I, I'm just going to say this as politely as I possibly can be. If you think that the bloodline, a.k.a. the Usos never-ending title run, a.k.a. Double title run. Double title run, a.k.a. Roman Reigns double title run, is the single greatest storyline in the history of WWE, and probably to you since you're a WWE fan, the greatest storyline in the history of wrestling. You either are uneducated about wrestling history, you're lying, or you're stupid. Okay? (laughs) Maybe a combo of all of them. There's there's no way to sugarcoat this, because you know what? You know what the greatest storylines in wrestling do? They draw fucking money (laughs) they draw eyes they draw money they draw attendance they draw asses asses to seats and you know what this this entire storyline has done it's been great from a um from a booking storyline i mean it's the never i mean this is wwe's version of long form storytelling and this is their nwo yeah like well it's i guess kind of except it's never it it hasn't done a fraction of the business that the nwo did correct although you know you got you got guys like Corey graves talking about at this point it's better than the nwo how how is it better than the NWO? That literally revolutionized wrestling. And this is something that 10 years from now, no one will be fucking talking about ever again. Yo, the bunny beat, <laughs> yes. beat Roman Reigns. <laughs> the bunny. And, and rating this hey, year. Shout out to the bunny. 
listen, listen, I get it. I get it that fans are conditioned in as far as a WWE fandom, they have their diehards that are conditioned to believe that anything that the, the company promotes or presents as being legendary is actually legendary. I get it. You saw a guy hold two belts for the first time ever in your lifetime in WWE, even though they did that two other times before this already. <laughs> and so to you, this is something that is, you know, historic and unprecedented. But like, let's be clear. Roman Reigns, he deserves his flowers. Has he been a great champion? Sure. Has he been? Has he had some good matches? Sure. Has he drawn money? Fuck no. Has he had to be bailed out of situations where it was proven empirically that he doesn't draw money? Absolutely. Hey, John Cena's coming to Tampa John, in two John weeks. John Cena is coming to Tampa to save his ass. They had to call in Stone Cold Steve fucking Austin after 20 years of being um, retired to come save WrestleMania. You know why? Because this motherfucker can't draw. They, like, literally... This- Outdrew him. Night one over night two. You know who the hottest member... Okay, so the whole entire uh, thing about the storyline is supposed to be Roman Reigns is the tribal chief, right? Well, that was great two years ago. That was really cool for a couple months when <laughs> when they were doing the matches with him and Jey Uso. That was really, really cool. He was cool. doing his community theater and, yeah. and his acting that, and in the middle of the matches, you that, know. Yeah, there's people talking about that. that was a, one of the all-time greatest matches. Five stars, blah, blah, blah. Well, uh, you know, I love the first one. And then they kept but, doing it. But, 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 but oh, hold on real quick. And the funny part about it is like, Rich is telling me how much he loved the first match. And I was like, nah, bro, this shit sucks. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> but here Look, we- I'll, I'll go to the carpet on it. Like, I liked that first one, and then they kept doing it. <laughs> but I, my whole thing was like, bro, this ain't wrestling. This is ain't wrestling. Like, it's like for a drama, sure, but like, this ain't wrestling. But listen, for, for, for everything that's gone wrong in AEW, at least Tony Khan has a stop and a beginning with his storylines. For everything that has gone wrong with New Japan over the pandemic era, guess what? Gato, he's got a start and he's got to end with his storylines. Do you think that they've got an end in line when it comes to the the bloodline? You know what the you know what the finish that they were hoping for in the whole entirety of the storyline was? Maybe we can get Dwayne to come back and maybe we can get him to work a storyline with Roman. So maybe he can beat Roman. So maybe we can draw one major buy rate at WrestleMania. Their entire their hope and their basis is maybe not. We're going to put over a Braun breaker or some sort of, you know, up and coming star, not a ricochet, not, not someone who could actually be the future. We're hoping that Dwayne, the rock Johnson is in his fifties can come back and lose to or forties or whatever the fuck he is. No, he actually like is fifty. He's now. in his fifties. No, 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 no. The no, thing, no. no. The reason I made that face is like, holy shit, he is fifty now. Yeah, yeah, that, bro. We did a segment giving him his fifty. Like I did a show on purpose to point out he was fifty years old. Yeah. Maybe he yeah. can come back and maybe he'll beat Roman Reigns. And and you know what? If he does beat Ro- or even if he loses to Roman Reigns and puts him over, it's not going to change anything. It's not going to draw any more business because this guy's already beaten. Every single person, Brock Lesnar, every person in the entire fucking company, and you know what it's done? It's done it's done nothing. Do you know who the biggest star in the quote unquote two year long form storytelling bloodline storyline is? Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn, a guy that should have been the top star in the company six years ago. Bro, they have come out here and people have tried to sell me. I was talking to some people the other day. And I was like, yo. I know, I know this conversation. I was like, yo. So Listen. they 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 were 
convinced that this was the night because of some WWE writers telling everybody to watch the show that, yo, this is the night they were going to turn on Sami Zayn. James has a great question. What did Sami Zayn do to be turned on? They had no answer, right? Mm. However, I came to that conversation late after. Keep in mind, I came to that conversation late after Richard already dropped the whole thing about, like, this is stupid. My point was, like, look, man, I don't know. I'm not watching it or whatever else. But, like, I hear people that I trust recap the stuff. So, like, but I don't recall anybody saying that, like, Sami Zayn, like, lost or let down the Tribal Chief or, or Heyman or anything or the Uso. So, like, what happened? And then they give me the end, get back to me. Listen, like. So, so oh, what, what, what I got from here is, like, yo, if the person that has made this the hottest storyline, everybody says, yo, it's Sami Zayn. And, like, the person <laughs> that has, like presided over the storyline it's the top of the storyline is the double champion the two-year double champion right who's giving the hits who's giving the acceptance and everything like that the end of the storyline if you're telling me that the end of the storyline is him fighting in the undervalued and under focused on tag division that's fucking stupid. That, that's not like, like that's dumb. Like he should be beating. Like, well, I'm like, does he beat Roman Reigns at the end? Well, no, that's not the story. And I'm like, well, what the fuck is he doing then? Listen, right. at the at the end of the day, if you enjoy the creative of this story, that's fine. If you think it's one of the more cohesive and good things that they've done in recent times in WWE, that's fine. No one's hating you for that. Nobody hates that. But this assertion that. Current day WWE is at the top when they're literally doing the worst third hours that they've ever done in the history of the company. That's damning. When they're doing Survivor Series that are some of the worst watched Survivor Series and it's supposed to be the pinnacle of the of the Bloodline storyline, it, it doesn't make sense. Let, let, I'll, they're all, I'll, they're I'll, all heels and they're all getting cheered because... You know, like so like, 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 there's like no one much to beat of, them. Like like much of Roman Reigns' career, it's always been fucking backwards because they just can't figure it out. Yeah, they can't figure it out. So I'm gonna kick it off to you guys, but before I do that, I'll just say one last thing. For most WWE fans, the only thing that really matters is what happened in WWF, WCW, and NWA. And for you to tell me this is a great storyline, I can name you like 15 storylines that have done better business, bigger draws, bigger money in both of those companies than this company. I mean, Dusty and the Horsemen, Flair and Sting, Sting and Hogan, Hogan versus Andre, Rock versus Austin, Macho Man versus Hogan. And I'm just naming some of the obvious ones that are right in front of us. Like, this shit isn't that hard. Like, and the cap that is being presented on the timeline and everything, like, it, like I don't it's know embarrassing. why. Would, I, I don't know why they want us to accept this one so much. Like, none of this shit is CM Punk versus John Cena. Yeah, CM Punk versus John Cena fucking smokes this. I'll leave it to you guys. It, 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 it literally is embarrassing. There's no other way to put it. And also, boring. There's nowhere. It's boring. not going anywhere. I, okay, so I guess the reason why I kind of refrain off it is because like, I don't watch it as much. But like, I hear the same reviews y'all do from the same people that I trust. That like, I will hear, I can hear their review or I can watch the show and then see their review and be like, yeah, this is pretty much exactly, exactly how I felt when I was watching the show. So like, I, I, I trust them to that extent. And like, over the months, like, hearing that stuff, it was like, okay, so like, yeah. They're doing this thing, but like, is it gonna lead to like they turn on Sammy or Sammy leaves them and then like he has a match with Roman and like, okay, that's cool. Roman's gonna win. That's fine. But it's like, uh, 
but now to hear that like, oh, they're gonna turn into Sammy versus the Usos with 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 Owens, it's like I've already seen Owens and, and Sami Zayn together, like during that whole Shaman Mansion 2017 and 18. And also Daniel Bryan. Like I, I I don't I don't really care to see it again, especially after like he fucking screwed him over at Survivor Series. Bro, imagine if the payoff for Hangman Page versus the Elite was him getting some other motherfucker to team with him to, to beat the Young Bucks for the... And, and they actually like... I got it for you right here. The payoff of the Hangman versus the Elite feud is he he kicks Matt Jackson's ass. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Could be wrong. No, 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 no. Love Matt Jackson. One of the greatest wrestlers of all time. That's not the payoff. <laughs> right. Like, think about it like this, right? You can't even say, like, I, there's, there's no, like, distinction. Like, is, is it Jimmy or Jay that has beef with Sammy? Jay. Jay has beef with Sammy, right? When uh, all, the, all the stuff that was going on, animosity between uh, the Young Bucks and Matt Hardy was Matt versus, uh, versus Hangman, right? Like, it's the, same, it's the same thing. They didn't do it that way because that would be stupid. Right. Bro. Or not as stupid, but like it, it, it's uh, it's uh, how do you call it? It's um, it's um, it's unbefitting of 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 the of where we're going oh, here. The actual story, it's anticlimactic, bro. The NWO yeah. got Hogan and the people he was fest- facing over. The four horsemen got Flair and the people that he was facing over. Evolution got Triple H and the people he was facing over. This shit hasn't done shit for Roman Reigns. So how does this make Roman Reigns got, bigger if he if he doesn't either lose to them and or like make someone like bigger than what they are? Like if he beats Sami Zayn, it's like where's the elevation here that he got in the ring with Roman Reigns? Like that's some like big achievement the, or something the, the like that. The best bit of business that they've it's done. Artificial, in- I, I think it's been an artificial thing of like, look, Sami Zayn, when he was NXT, was uh, one of the best baby faces in, in, in the world in pro wrestling. And then he got to, to the main roster when there was no Daniel Bryan, and he's a person that is taller than Daniel Bryan, this person with a better physique at the time than Daniel Bryan at the time, and they decided to play him as a fucking geek and to put him into that role that they were trying to put Daniel Bryan into, where he was a virgin and blah, 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 and a loser and a vegan and, and unrelatable and all that kind of stuff to try to prove they knew better. And he got stuck in that role forever, even though that dude, when he was constantly getting, whenever opportunity was given, he had shined and all of it. And then eventually, over all that time, they gave him all this, all this goofy comedy shit. He made it work, and he showed he had a personality, even though it, all, it was always fucking there. And like, eventually, he became somebody that Vince trusted. And and then Vince got the fuck out of there, and now it's Triple H there, and everybody in the locker room respects him, right? So like, everybody's gonna give him a shot, and like Roman's giving him a shot, and now it is where he is. But like, now he's at a spot like on the card, like this particular last year, where like. He's a valuable person on the roster when it's like, bro, he should have been a value or he was a valuable person on the roster in 2015. And like they wasted so much of his time and he's also been injured. And now it's like it's 2022 and now he's getting a shot he should have had fucking seven years ago. The, the major programs that they've run with Roman in this role that have actually resulted in any change. Brock Lesnar, less over. Drew McIntyre, less over. Uh, Logan Paul. The only person that's benefited from this entire thing. And also, let's not forget that Logan Paul gave Roman Reigns, not the other way around. Roman Reigns didn't give Logan Paul. Logan Paul gave Roman Reigns (laughs) one of his 
three best performances of his entire career. And I, I think the major issue, like I said earlier, you know, WWE, they're a machine now. It doesn't matter what storyline <laughs> they put out there. It's going to continue to make money. They can continue to do the same amount of attendance and ratings and revenue that, that they're going to do. So it doesn't matter if it's, you know, roaming out there with Sammy or Ziggler or whoever. Like, it's, it's going to be the same. WWE famous is going to say it's the greatest thing ever. It's the greatest thing, yeah. But in reality, it sucks. Like Josh said, it's not getting anybody over. They're not drawing more money because of this. They're, they're, draw, they're getting money because of, of TV deals. It's true. I, look, I, I, I'm, I'm going far saying it sucks. I'm going to, but like, I'm definitely holding the line on like when people say it's like the greatest thing that they've ever seen in WWE. Like, no, man, stop, stop, stop it. Stop. Awesome stop. McMahon happened. Awesome stop McMahon this. Existed. Pretty much any other storyline existed. <laughs> All right, guys. So I'm going to just kick into that. So the bloodline has the greatest WWE storyline in history. Can get the fuck, fuck out of here. here. So I guess we'll snake it back. Lightning up. round. Lightning round. So I'll start off and I will just say um, Ric Flair in your last match. Nobody fucking Ooh. asked for you to come back. Nobody wanted to see that. I'm, I'm glad that a bunch of the boys got their opportunity to be on a major show and do some business. But like, bro, you shouldn't have been in that match. It fucking was terrible. It made me sad. It made everybody that saw it sad. And you're talking about wanting to come back and do another one. This is embarrassing. It's the, it's one of the worst things that can happen is an old timer coming back and, and having a match and embarrassing themselves and literally laying on the mat for the entirety of the match because they got blown up and, the heart attack. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of people that showed up are a lot of the people that clamor for the wrestling of yesteryear. And, and it's like, yo, at some point, you got to let that shit go, man. Like, at some point, it's enough. Like, we got enough Ric Flair. We got enough, like, of him. And, you know, we saw him ruin his opportunity to, to get into AEW with, like, you know, his past antics with the dark side of the ring stuff, and he's going to stroll back into WWE and do the Peacock documentary he has coming out, I think, like, December 26th or something, but... It's the best one of, yeah. of the eight that they've done. Yeah, like, and it's just, like, that last match thing was so, like... It was, it was hard to watch. Like, it was, like... I was watching, I was like, yo, this is... I just watched it as a train wreck, kind of like, and it was like he was, he almost, it, it felt like he was going to die in the ring. And, and Conrad, that was, that was the uh, thing. It was like Conrad's like Con- part of this. Conrad, you got lucky that, you know, Rick Steamboat is a freak of nature and, and one of a kind and was able to actually perform at his old age. But if you keep doing these, someone will die in the ring and the blood will be on your hands. Stop this shit now. Ric Flair, don't wrestle again. Get the fuck out of here. Rich, you're up. All right. Uh, Ronda Rousey, bring your ass to the stage. I thought you were going to pick her earlier. Ronda Rousey is fucking sorry. No, both y'all. Like, bro, Ronda Rousey was somebody that was a big star in UFC in 2015, 2016, 2017. By the time WWE got her, she was on fumes then. And we saw those quarter hours that weren't necessarily popping anything more than anyone else. And we saw WWE giving her the extra insulation. And then we saw her fall apart about halfway through her run initially. We saw... When Nikki Bella feuded with her, it was like, yo, 
all the slut shaming stuff, and we started seeing Ronda's real personality coming out, coming out that you know you want to say this isn't a political thing and everything like that. But like when she puts this stuff out there, like with the Sandy Hook stuff and the transphobic stuff and the slut shaming and stuff, like that's gonna rub a certain amount of people the wrong way if you're trying to be a babyface. Like it's just not gonna work for you. Like she came out there. Mailed the rest of her run in, went to the lowest of low hanging fruit with the it's fake shit and everything like that. And we all were ready for her to never appear in wrestling again. She shows back up this year. She inconveniences Sasha Banks, gets her essentially on the way out of there. She stinks out WrestleMania with Charlotte. She has a good match with Charlotte and a rematch and I quit match and everything after that. I don't know if it's her opponents because. They didn't do her any favors there, but she shows up like someone that has no business being here, has no want to be here. She is an absolute nothing as a draw, as a mainstream <laughs> personality, as anything like yo, Ronda Rousey's doing pro wrestling in 2022. Nobody cares. We don't care. They oh, don't care. Guess. No one anywhere cares. Get her the fuck out of here, my nigga. Like, I, like <laughs> we, we lost in WWE the greatest women's wrestler to ever come in this country because of Ronda Rousey in large part. <laughs> and WWE fell for it. Get her the fuck out of here, bro. Right. James, it's you, man. Oh, man. There's a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Um... I'm going to go with the new WWE because it looks a lot like <laughs> the old WWE from like, you know, last year uh, for the budget cuts. So, man, uh, for me, seeing Triple H get the book, it was satisfying. And like, just, just off the top, the the pay-per-views have been more consistently better flat out than the Vince Man era stuff was uh, of his late run stuff. Um. However, <laughs> this is a this is a company or this is a uh, a business company promotion, whatever you want to call it, built on making and breaking new stars. And he has yet to do that. And he has uh, continued to uh, use people that like he didn't even see fit to be the top stars in developmental, let alone um, on the main roster. And to see him, you know, push people that he did not really believe in in that way because he, you know, for whatever reason, like, uh, he was bad uh, news to a lot of the uh, the, the fans in um, Full Sail or, or, the, or the PC or whatever else in someone like Austin Theory. Um, to see him then, like, still continue the, with his thing just because he's the only person that's under 30 that's, that, that looks like he has anything going for him. Um, it, it's, it's really weird. And it's like, look, man. You know who your best wrestlers are. You know who your most overacts are. Push them, go forward, and, like, book this shit without, like, and cut down on goofy shit. And, like, I, I see that he has so many people that he he feels like he's trying to give all these people the opportunities because he's he feels like almost, almost like he senses, seems to owe these people, whatever else. But, like, for all the good things of uh of people that you think Triple H has an idea of what, whatever's going on with pro wrestling, he also has that, that Vincism stuff to do some wacky shit. And, like, that's the thing, like that Vince's shit will get you in trouble um, in the long run. Like, it, like his vision of pro wrestling is is like between Tony Khan and Triple H, or sorry, between Tony Khan and Vince McMahon, because obviously Vince he he was you know taught how to 
put on wrestling shows in uh, in the fashion of Vince McMahon, but it's like you got to be more Tony Khan than Vince McMahon in this particular situation if you want to like distinguish yourself and actually like take advantage of the uh, the like the kind of um, like uh, new eyes that came to the, or they came back to the product because they wanted to see something different from what Vince was doing at the time that left them to leave leave from Washington to begin with, and like I feel like he's already squandered that. Um, so like, yeah, like I, I think, I think for me, it's just like, yo, uh, he's fucked it up in like the new WWE is like, it's the same WWE as it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's noticeably better, but it's like, it's not better enough to where it's like, oh, this is a whole, this is a whole different promotion. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I get, uh, let's say I want to speak on it. Like, yeah, new WWE get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I, I think like he had a chance to really like kind of separate himself from Vince and he's done aside from like the only thing that he's done is like try to rehire all these people. And from there, there's no like really hot angles. There's no like, but what about the run line? That was Vince. <laughs> I, I mean, like the same, same thing now. I mean, it was a joke anyway. Yeah. But like, he's like, I don't know if he's waiting for Royal Rumble season and things like that. Maybe he has some planned. However, the early returns are like leading to 1.2 in the third hour of Raw. Who are you to doubt Triple H? <laughs> but so Triple H, the, oh, the, the, Josh, go ahead. The new WWE is the old WWE. <laughs> the new work is the old work. Like, you know, the matches are four minutes longer on Raw and they're, you know, doing some wrestling. All right, cool, man. It, I, I appreciate you letting Chad Gable do his thing a little bit more. But at the end, I appreciate you taking Akira Tozawa out of the ninja costume, you know. But at the end of the day, taking taking Nikki Ash out of the out of the superhero costume as well, and putting I, her back into the ever, she's crazy the insanity and, costume, bro, and, know, and like these know, all all these fucking mystery men and people wearing leather and growing beards, and it's like yo. We know what this is, man. They, we saw NXT Black and Gold get fucking spanked by Tony Khan and AEW. Like, there, there was, this was not what the, what the people wanted in mass. There was a report this past week that said Triple H is grossly disappointed by the returns to WWE. I was like, he should have hired us. We could have told him. We could have saved him a lot. Like, oh, oh, you trying to rehire Cross? No. <laughs> Stop it. My thing, is, my thing is when I saw it, it was like, there's no way that he is grossly, there's no way this is true because he knew who these people were when he signed them. I believe it. Like, <laughs> he signed them and they sucked. <laughs> like, but my thing is like, okay, when you had them, they were at a certain level. When they came back, they're at the same level. How are you under, how, how are you shocked? What's yeah. surprising here? Yeah, but he signed them. He probably, he, he was but, clearly but, expecting something from them. No, but my point is he had them before and they were at a certain level. They came back, they're at that same level. Th- then why they're, resign them? Huh? And then he's showing his own ass by resigning them to begin with. That's where I'm getting at. That's yeah. my point, Josh. Because the elite's not available. Gotta sign somebody. <laughs> <laughs> oh Bro, like, when, when he has to come out here and resign Hit Row without Swerve, and, like, you telling Swerve that, you know, you'll go to the football games with him and shit like that. Like, no! Swerve didn't want to go. <laughs> he didn't want to come back. You didn't fuck with him like that before. So all what's right, happening right, is right. is you out here left with this nigga falling over the top rope on his head. Top rope, catch your vibes. Yes. 
And you got these dudes and this woman there oh my God. without a leader looking like there should be three managers, actually. All right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. So, are we... Is Triple H? Yes. In the new WWE. <laughs> he get the fuck out of here. Well, I, lo- I love that James drafted this and Rich the one that ended up closing <laughs> Well, well, yeah, my part, my part was honestly like, oh, he said shit. Then like he told me, but I was like, we've never said this shit on air. So is this is like, oh. a paid show. We 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 count on y'all. To, <laughs> y'all pay for this shit. Keep this shit real with us. Keep this to yourselves. Um, that's not how that works. <laughs> that's how it goes. Look, ask Mandy Rose if that's how that works. <laughs> so, ask Mandy Rose if that's how that works. Shout out to Mandy Rose. So is Jeremy supposed to go twice now or is Yes. He, all right. Well, so, are we still I thought this was the last part. Where's the lightning like, round? So Jeremy, go ahead. End, but you, um, you're gonna go and then kick it to me and then we'll go back to you? I, I don't know what we're doing at this all right. point. No, let, I mean, unless y'all want to actually really get to all the no, Let's I, go, let's go, let's go. I, I think we this, this should be the last one that we yeah, should yeah, yeah, wrap it up. Yeah, yeah. But since we're talking about new WWE, for the last one, I'm gonna say Dom Mysterio. Oh my god. Bro, how are you gonna be the son? Of Rey Mysterio Jr. Oh my God! <laughs> and be the most mid luchador ever, man. The most mid second generation wrestler. Why, why y'all killing that, man? man I don't even watch to be like that, but I see the clips. I see the promos. I'm supposed to be excited because this man is, uh, you know, uh, supposed to be, he's uh, in love with Rhea Ripley. This man shows up to the Thanksgiving dinner and, and whoops his dad. I'm supposed to be, you know, getting over and happy for this man because of that. Well, the bell rings, and like this man is still mid in the ring. He's not getting over. People won't say, "Oh, yeah, he's getting heat now." People hate him because of the whole, you know, he he's in love with Rhea. He's, you know, her, you know, she's a dom for him, and blah, all this stuff. She's I'm the like, dom for the dom. Uh, yeah, I'm like, nah, man. Like this is a whack. Like he's a whack wrestler. He's in a whack stable a whack with a whack gimmick. A whack. Like get get this man out of here. This man. Um, stopped us from getting Rey Mysterio back in New Japan and back in AEW. Like, nah, man. You know, the funny thing, too, is, like, Dom has actually, from, like, a character standpoint and from a, um acceptance by the mainstream media and everything, he's at the highest of heights right now. But, bitch, you suck. You <laughs> suck in the ring. You okay. Hope. And we didn't we didn't draft you last year. We probably should have. You hell. How was your best match in your career? Your first match in your career with Seth Rollins that you probably laid out for months in advance. How was that your best match of your whole I, career? I, I mean, we were there's somebody else that we just talked about that their first match is their best fucking match too, Rhonda. Oh my god. <laughs> is that her best match? It probably is. Oh man, that might be true too. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't have much more to add. But Dom Masura has has Dom, like no suck. type you of suck, physique, no physical presence in the ring. He's not imposing. No charisma. No charisma. No like. It's like he's standing next to these other three like lifelong wrestlers of uh, of the business. Like Finn Balor's got twenty years experience. A gangster. Fuck yes, a gangster. Apparently, you know that man's wearing the purple. Like he's in Grand Theft Auto Three, San Andreas, and shit. Like he's he's rolling with the fucking Grape Street Ballers. Apparently, but Rhea Ripley's been in the business for years and years. Works very hard on her physique and her matches and everything like that. You know to be taken seriously. Fucking uh, Damian Priest, who's been in the game for years and years, and they're sticking this guy with us, and it's just like. 
Why? Like, why are we subject to this? Listen, like, I think we can leave it at that. There's other topics here that we didn't even get to. Kijimuto, you're old as fuck. You can get the fuck out of here. C-Y- fuck Kijimuto. C-Y-N, you guys fucking suck. You basically don't even exist anymore, but fuck you. Fuck C-Y-N. <laughs> Thunder Rosa, we know what, what the real deal was, what was going on you there. Hiding in a fucking... Oh <laughs> Thunder Rosa, bro. Thunder Rosa out here doing this cap. <laughs> Look, she she's out here showing up on busted open radio, putting over Mandy Rose and NXT and how, all this how's shit. How's that working out, also, bro? Jeff Hardy, like I know you're getting help, but like the DUIs, they gotta fucking stop, bro. You fucking derailed <laughs> no, the entire tag no, team no, division. I, I think it's appropriate way to say it, but Jeff Hardy, I hope you I hope you are able to uh, make it through rehab and get yourself healthy, and then once you get out, you can get you can also go to this place called Fuck Out of Here. <laughs> The Jeff Hardy that y'all love is the one that's on drugs. Y'all always loved him when he was fucked up because it took a motherfucker to be that fucked up to jump off all that oh shit my and God. live for the moment and be out here high as a motherfucking kite showing up and y'all show up. Y'all want to do that fucking thing that y'all want to do that fucking little dance and shit like that. Y'all coming out here enabling this motherfucker Bro. and it ain't just the fans. It's the wrestling promoters. It's all these motherfuckers that won't let this motherfucker go home and, and fix himself. He I'm, can't wrestle normally. I'm not the most fucked up one on this year's <laughs> FOH. In, in, in retrospect, are you are you in retrospect are you saying oh it like the, the little dance actually a crackhead dance? <laughs> Jeff Hardy is a is a functioning jug. Come on, man. Right. Oh my god. Right. So everybody in the lightning round, y'all can get the that was it? Yes. yes. It. There's got to be more. Hold no. on. <laughs> There's got to be more. Bro, we're going to tell, we're gonna tell him to get the fuck out of here. We're going to do the gratitude round. QR doing? codeism. Get the fuck out of here. We covered it. Yeah, CYN. I don't think we we, we really gave CYN the real, <laughs> the, the real shit that we should have gave them. Oh, what is These motherfuckers right? doing shows. Oh Yes. <laughs> with 150 motherfuckers showing up with they with they fucking steroid bodies, we saw EC3 come out here with that fucking roid oh belly. Oh. Come on, dog. <laughs> Braun Strowman, come oh on, dog. God. Oh my CYN god. CYN out here doing the same thing as motherfuckers in Shinkiba first ring. <laughs> And then, and then they have the audacity to take the young boys under their, their wing and talk about, this is how it really needs to be done in the business, blah, 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 blah. And they're brainwashing people and folk and, and, and leaning into that cornetism. It's like, bro, y'all went to like, y'all had a literally like whole quarter of your tour completely canceled because no one wanted to see you motherfuckers. You guys suck. And then when the second that Braun Strowman got a contract from WWE, he came out here and tooted it up. And twerk for Triple H, signed that bitch, and left them high and dry. And that shit don't exist no more. So they really got the fuck out of here. All right, so every everything in the lightning round can get the fuck, fuck out of here. Oh, my gosh. Well, we're, we're, at, th- we're at three hours. This Usually, is the greatest FOS draft there's been. This is the drunkest you've ever my been. Man, That's all I, that. I had, to, I had to confer. I had to confer with Zach to make sure I got these venues right. Like, obviously, you should keep a first ring. Is it? Hello. Yeah, it's yeah. So I was like, you know, I mentioned like uh the uh like should keep a first ring of tennis with CYN. I was like, I was I started reeling off like other other small super super small Joshi venues. I was be like, all right, Yokohama Radiant Hall. 
you, Ishi, or Ishikawa Greenhall, you. Let's see why I have drawn 15 people. Bro, you're not in the mic. We can't hear you. <laughs> Could CYN have drawn 15 people <laughs> to Shinkiba or wherever the fuck the, no. the, the, the next per, like no bro to Shinkiba no to 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 Eastern Tokyo no nah they're, nah. they're Western folk no nah. one would watch them yo nah. the OCC Roadhouse draws more than oh, CYN oh my god oh, oh, oh. on that note all right, so we're going to go into the grad tier or we're going to go into the uh, tinfoil hat conspiracy. Oh, my wow. God. Yeah, hey, man, if you got anything, go ahead and nah. go ahead and throw it up. Uh, let's, let's do some grad tier. Which, which is so we, We've been wilding out. Let, let's, let's thank the people. Like he's got exponentially drunker. <laughs> Bro, because he had two bottles of wine and it's I like. I the same as he did. Yeah, but still. <laughs> it's different. It's different. I guess so. Oh, man. All right. Well, since I was first, I'll, I guess I will go first. So I am grateful t- for wrestling this past year for even though, let's be honest here. We, we ranted, we raved this past three hours, but this was probably the hardest year it's ever been to actually collect things that we're outraged about and to actually be outraged. We were probably only really outraged for the first round. And then everything after the second round was like, we're, we're annoyed by this. But in, in years past, when we were watching WWE we were really fucking out. Like, bro, we would get to like four hours and yeah, shit. It felt like, yeah. So, like, the fact that there's less things to be angry about in the wrestling industry, like, uh, sure, like Vince McMahon, that was horrible, but we didn't have to cover like all the shit that we've covered in the years past. So, I'm grateful that things are better. I'm grateful that we're getting past COVID to the point where. You know, the Japanese wrestling scene is coming back again. It almost seems like, you know, Brit Res is starting to come back again, especially since Thanks to UK is dead. Um, I'm grateful for everything as problematic as there's been of things in AEW. They have blessed us with a lot of really great wrestling this past year. And just all the craziness and all the wackiness and all the carniness that is pro wrestling. And I'm grateful for you guys here <coughs> in the network that I'm here to, to roll my dogs and we're... You know, chatting and talking and, and and being able to do this year after year, I don't I don't care. You, you know, uh, James can shake his head, but whatever. Like you know, if I'm Usi, I'm Usi, whatever. But um, you know, you you guys are my friends. I'm glad that we're here to to do this together. And um, you know, I, I'm grateful for all the listeners and all of you who have paid to patronage this uh podcast and to listen to us and if you are here at three hour mark and you didn't pay anything throw us some fucking money because (laughs) we don't ask you for shit all year and you're here bro we we put in fucking work we give you guys the top of the line coverage and everything in the wrestling world whether it's stardom live twitch video yeah all this shit so pay us Anyways, I like, I like how you say it with the start of AW. Nigga, that's me. Yeah, we do this. We collectively us. stardom us. We rock, we roll. Let's fucking get it. Anyways, I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. And uh, good night. Oh, Rich. <laughs> um,.
I want to give a big shout out. Also, to all, all, also New Japan is back apparently because Kenny Omega. Hey man, you know, <laughs> she, you, you, know you know what all, it is. All that stuff we watched all year didn't exist. None of that happened. Just Kenny Omega. Yep. <laughs> he better not win apparently. Yeah, yeah. Y'all coming out here doing that bullshit. You know, coming on these airwaves and all. I swear to talk about Kenny Omega can't win. I, oh no. <laughs> I <laughs> wait. I'll wait till January 4th when I'm on Keeping It Strong style or one of them shows. <laughs> Man, I'm about to come out there and tell y'all about y'all motherfucking selves. Oh, I opened a can of worms. Jesus. Oh, my gosh. But I want to give a big shout out to all the other hosts on the So Suplex Podcast Network. Uh, for, for, for all y'all putting y'all shows in We don't got nobody that's out here Putting out bad content Or anything that I'm embarrassed to go out Over the airways or anything like that um, Big shout out to, to all my favorite wrestlers And uh, people doing good work Across like the pro wrestling industry And, and people that make uh, make Twitter more pleasant um, And I, I think like uh, it's been a, it's been kind of a weird year for me because like my, a lot of my favorite wrestlers have been like kind of elsewhere while, you know, Jericho was, was really prospering. Uh, but you know, the elite was kind of sidelined. It felt like for, for most of the year and they come back and they're, they're doing their thing and, and it's cool to see them back. And, uh, it's cool to see new Japan kind of find their footing a little bit while also giving me the pleasure of saying yeah man i was right about this jay white shit like that that shit ain't heating up nobody like that shit ain't making nobody excited so um but everybody that's listened to one nation radio downloaded it that has commented on it comes into discord and talks with us i appreciate you guys and um and you know the show has like done nothing but like go up this past year with all, with all the YouTube stuff. And um, it's, it's been really cool. And, you know, I, I'm glad to, you know, be doing the show. And we, we celebrated our 10 fucking years of doing the show this year. And it was like, yo, we looked up and it was like, yo, we're actual, like, real voices in this shit. And it's like these people, when, when I first started in this show, I felt like it was, like, just such a struggle to get anyone to pay attention to us and anything like that. But... Like through through fortunate circumstances, I got to get on what culture. I hooked up with Jeremy on Twitter and started, uh, you know, saying, "Yo, why don't we, you know, make social suplex like a bigger thing?" And what we did is just like, you know, like nobody fucking owns us. Like we fucking own ourselves, and that's that's something that that a lot of people can't say about themselves in this shit. Like we own ourselves, and everything y'all get is come from us. It's not coming from no, you know, no directive. Like we're not beholden to any promotion. Yeah, I've done work for AW. I've done fucking music and done shit like that, but. They don't fucking write my fucking, like, you know, they, they don't write my ticket or anything like that. I'll come on there and, and tell them, like, yo, this shit was weak or anything like that. Like, it's not it's not no shit like that. But, like, I, I, I'm glad to be doing this with my friends. I'm glad to, um, you know, develop this sense of community with everybody that have done this. And, like, you know, it's cool to, like, really speak with everybody. And, like, my Twitter's got out of control these, these past couple months. Like, it's just been anything I tweet can can go over 100 likes. So I, I've been really conscious and learned to adjust to this stuff. But I appreciate, you know, you guys, like, bestowing, like, that attention on me. So, yeah, I'll pass it on. James, if you want, or Jeremy. No, it's James next, yeah. Yeah, um... 
I'm great for the year. It's been a lot of really good wrestling. Um, not too much stuff to complain about. I think a lot of it has to do with the part where, like, you know, we, we you know, WWE, we mostly only watch the pay-per-views. And pay-per-views, like, since the Triple H takeover have, have been better. Um, so, like, yeah, like, I think Stardom's been great. I think AEW's been great. I think they've been the two best promotions I've seen uh, of, like, consistently um, this year. I think New Japan has had uh, really big, bright moments. I think that some of the stuff like, you know, with House of Torture and Bullet Club at times have been, you know, kind of kind of an issue. But, like, I think for the most part, like, I think they still have more quality matches uh, bell-to-bell than anyone else. But, uh, yeah, so I, I think that, like, for me, my experience with this year has been almost generally positive. And, like, when we do a show like this, it's like, like, like they said, like, it, it's, it's, there's less things to talk about, less things that I've, my relationship with wrestling is, whereas, like, I, I don't come here and I'm just ready to, like, I have a whole lot to say and venom to spew about every single thing, um, as opposed to, like, yeah, that sucked, but I kind of was removed from it, or, I, or, like, you know, these are the things that stick out, so, like, I can go in on that and then, like, I can lay off, uh, after this, but, see, I'm grateful for, for, for that, like, my relationship with pro wrestling is so much better than it was, say, 2018 or something like that. Um, and I think that, I think this mostly due to stardom, but whatever. Uh, like, I, I'm really happy and excited for like uh, as far as gratefulness or whatever else. Like, I'm going to Japan um, next week, actually, and That's like sick. I and I'm gonna go That's see so and I'm gonna go to like see like you know New Japan in Japan and see stardom in stardom uh, uh, and you know see Noah Noah wrestlers and Noah Kajimuto included, but whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, and like you know, get to see Tokyo Joshi Pro and and everything else in 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 Seedling and even Oz Academy, Rich. Uh, so like yeah, like that's gonna be really fun and like you know, just it was just a random thing where it's like yo man, like I, lo- I like I really like EO, I really like Kyrie. Let's just I want to see what the fuck is else out there in the world and uh, you know, it, it, it's changed my perspective and my appreciation for pro wrestling now. Um, in you know, uh. You know, with that is like, I, I just I'm just so happy uh, to be able to do this and like it's something that I may maybe would have done for Russell Kingdom that sort of thing like that actually turned into like a, a multiple week trip or whatever else and see all the places like I never would imagine that like when I was watching like you know Russell Kingdom not or, or or twelve or something like that like nah but um but I'm glad I'm here and uh I'm I'm glad stuff like you know keeping a strong style and in, in in like places like Voice of Wrestling and places like uh Observer um spotlighted some of these wrestlers around the world and like you know like I'm at this point now where it's like who knows how many great wrestlers there are out there or how many high quality wrestlers are out there there's so many like I find out some about new fucking wrestlers awesome every month at least so um really happy and like yeah number one you know wrestling promotion in the world is in the shits uh, but it's less than the shit than it was before. So like you know, even that has even that's better. Even that, even that is reason for optimism. So Fuck yeah, you, <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't come, back. come back. Don't come back. <laughs> fuck out of here. Don't come back. Stay. Right. Stay. Fuck out. Stay the fuck out of here. Uh, so to close it off uh, for me, um, definitely just grateful for the, the growth of keeping a strong style this year. Appreciate everybody who's been. Subscribing, downloading, upvoting, um, all of the feedback we're getting, the listeners, you know, the contests, people who are voting in our year-end awards, um, and just, just seeing the stats from like the Spotify Wrapped and showing up on the Spotify, you know, recommended wrestling podcast list is, is so cool. And you know, having people like Robbie Eagles, who we didn't contact, us reach out to us. Yeah, and, that was sick. 
and just talk about how much uh, he enjoys our, our podcast and, you know, listens to us and stuff like that. It's just, it's just You just don't know how, who we're actually reaching, listening to. Dax. So, uh, <laughs> I know Dax Harwood would be listening to this shit because he's a fucking mark. Yo, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so shout out. Thank you, everybody who supports Keeping Strong Style, who supports uh, One Nation Radio, so Suplex Podcast Network, people who have been from us uh, with us from day one. Um, yeah, thank you for all the great wrestling saw this year. Um, incredible matches, uh, incredible wrestlers. Um, yeah, then from a personal note, um, thankful that I was able to get married this year, and I'm thankful that you know three of these guys around me here were my groomsmen. Um, so I appreciate y'all, you know, being up there with me and supporting me through that. And so yeah, this was a, a great year. So I got something on that actually. So t- I didn't I didn't mention this on air before. I was going to mention this. Uh, I forgot, but like I'm glad you brought it up. So today I got Jeremy's uh, Christmas card. Uh, I, got, I got it too. Yeah. And, and like I remember, I forgot. I think it's like the first year I, I knew Jeremy. He had sent a Christmas card. I went to uh, Rich's apartment at the time, and I saw a Christmas card of uh, 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 of Jeremy and his family at the time. And um, I was like, oh, okay, so he sent Christmas cards out. And I remember saying something to Jeremy. Like I was joking when I said this. I was like, oh, so you sent Rich Christmas card, not me? Okay, all right. Let's see how it is. And like I, I was joking, and then the very next year he sent me, made sure to send me one, right? So like, you know, uh, Jeremy, Jeremy has uh has remarried since then, and like the very first, the very next Christmas since he's remarried, like nah, we, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hear anything about James, James saying that I'm boy, holiday, number like one that. on the list. James is, James is getting this fucking Christmas, this fucking Christmas list, and I was like, I, I appreciate the pain of this. I would do the same thing. It's great. It's awesome. So oh, congratulations man. to Jeremy. I, I don't want to say shit, but like I, I haven't gotten a Christmas card. Like, oh ever, shit! Turn right? this off. Let's turn this off. Check, check your mail, bitch. <laughs> Like, I don't know Josh like to get into like you know he filed for grievances and shit like nah man let's turn this shit off it's, just it's, like, already, it's starting to go it's bad just like oh. we, we, we podcast together you know oh, what I'm saying bro you you were all, you got mailed yeah, one bro he loves to be slighted man <laughs> oh man yo I, I just want to say to the listeners we are the fucking best the best the best the best like like you know there, there's a lot of other people you can listen to this and, and, coming and, for and, the gold. And you know there are people that well, hold on. Let me take this shit off the <laughs> mic stand. There are a lot of people that do wrestling content, wrestling media, oh, wrestling oh, YouTube videos, motherfucking Instagram posts. They ain't better than us. They ain't better than us by a long shot. God damn it. <laughs> They can't see us. We we each giving y'all three hour shows per week, and and what we doing? We giving y'all the real. We giving y'all the smart way to look at this shit. Y'all coming out here, listening to other people. If y'all listen to other people besides us, right? I don't begrudge you for that, right? Because we we can't fill all your time. However, the best of your time is going to be spent with One Nation Radio and keeping it strong style, like. They can't fucking see us. Oh, like, like, I, like, I'm convinced. Like, <laughs> when I got into this shit, I was like, yo, Dave Meltzer ain't going to be around forever. Brian Alvarez ain't going to be around forever. So what's going to happen is going to be going to need some new voices to come through this motherfucker. <laughs> so what we've done in this time in building this shit from the muck, <laughs> no major cosigns, 
no fucking huge, uh, you know, you know, media outlet, no CBS, no fucking uh, Wrestling Observer, no Fightful, no, none of that shit, no Ringer, none of that shit. This is four fucking dudes that started this shit. Rich, you know you sound like you sound like Dustin. He's like, my hand yes. is touching your hand. Reach out, <laughs> reach out, reach out. <laughs> you can you dealing with the motherfucking best. Believe it. Oh my oh god. Man. Oh man. On, on that right. note, that that's gonna wrap up the uh, the 2022 FOH draft. Uh, thanks for listening and downloading, and we will see you next year. Thanks everybody. Peace. Later. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.